Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Once I hear AKA Pyramid Kid, AKA Tuesday, AKA Lazarus, AKA Asar. Man, y'all thought that one gonna see me again, huh? Well, you slash homie, I'm back. Come on. Soon as the plane land, ain't got no time to play. I touch ground, bend down, kiss the runway. Soon as I stand back up, I'm like a worker bee. With new turf, new streets, new people to meet. Deep in the heart of a cry. What will I discover? The internet, one thing, real life is another. The return of the brother, tell mama her son home. And prepare a rock steady like a Dow phone. It's more than a milestone. It's a success story of how your boy came back to restore the glory of all those before me. My ancestors. Giving thanks for the way that they continue to bless us. They so precious. I'm so hyped. Janae and Skyline nighttime. It's so tight. Africa, y'all, for once. I feel so right. I'm setting up shop. No need for return flight. Where we going? To Cairo. Okay. Motherland. Chip wise, super exile. You need 
knowledge. Well, I'm sharing the truth and nothing less. I'm a rebel. Desperate, but you all I got. I'm coming home, my. I, 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 I,
head in the clouds. And if this letter happens to reach you, you gon' turn me down. But I can't blame my people for thinking the way that our nemesis told us. Throwing us off of the path to rebuild the connection we lost through the slavery slot today. I'm knowing you're off the way, Mo. Something to go to the crib and stay for. I'm done with these hoes. No need to be shamed by what they did to you. It's all in the struggle. Ain't a thing that they could do to keep us from being a couple. Stole your gold and mine and your diamonds. Use the guns and muscle. Never accounted them how much I love you. And I could never watch you suffer like that. Age killing you by the millions. Yet through the trials, you smile and continue to stand resilient. For all the world to see, you are the girl for me. When I get back, we gon' relax and drink some herbal tea comfortably. Once we clean up the mess, cause living without you got my life in the stress and unrest. My, I need you. come to you right now and say, let's separate. You say the same thing that the house Negro said on the plantation. What you mean, separate? From America? This good white man? Where you gonna get a better job than you get here? I mean, this is what you say. I, I ain't left nothing in Africa. That's what you say. Why, you left your mind in Africa. <laughs> All right. Peace, life, prosperity, and wellness, family. This is your brother, Young Hu Minusia Benu, also known as Unk Benu, coming to you live with our show, Cool Kim Radio. Cool Kim, that's Black Light Radio in the language of Meduna Terre. For those of you, this is your first time tuning in. I want to say welcome to the show, to the family that's in the building, always in the building. I want to say welcome back home. Right? It's good to have you with us. And, you know, for those of you, this is your first time tuning in. You may be a little unfamiliar with what this particular show is all about. You might have heard the subject matter and the lyrical content of the songs that we opened up with. And you probably thought to yourself, man, this is some heavy stuff. This is some deep stuff. What have I walked myself into? Right? You probably heard the words that I opened up with, that I greeted you guys with. And you probably wondered to yourself, what in the world is he saying? What language is that? Unk Uja what? Maduna what? <laughs> right? Just to make sure that we're all on the same page and everyone's caught up to speed, right? We said that the name of the show is Ku Kim, and it means 
black light in the language of Medunitaire, right? Medunitaire is the correct name of the language of the place that many of us know today as ancient Egypt, in which our illustrious black African ancestors who were the indigenous and original inhabitants of that land, they referred to their land as Kemet or Tameri, and Medunitaire was the name of the language that they spoke. And if that's news to you, (laughs) if you didn't know that, uh, you know, your ancestors, my ancestors, black African people were the original inhabitants, the founders of that civilization we called Kemet, which we know as ancient Egypt today, right? If you didn't know that ancient Egypt was called Kemet or Tameri, Right? If you didn't know that the correct name of the language was Medunitaire and not ancient Egyptian or hieroglyphics, then I want to say you got a small, quick glimpse of what the Ku Kim or Black Light is all about. Because Ku Kim is all about resurrecting, restoring, reclaiming, basking and bathing and walking in and shining that illustrious black light of our illustrious black African ancestors. And you want to hear some words today that may seem as though they don't go together. They don't quite fit together. They don't quite sound right when they hit your ears. They don't quite mess together. <laughs> You want to hear words such as black and African and illustrious and powerful and wise, right? In the same sentence, in the same context, referring to the same people, referring to your people, right? You want to hear those words put together like that. (laughs) And I want to say, don't be alarmed, don't be alarmed, right? We're not here to do any harm. Any initial discomfort that you might feel will all subside after a while. It's just us exercising that willingness chip, that willingness seed from the brain and the blood, right? It'll all be all right after all. <laughs> and if you can get with that, right, if you're all right with that, I want to say once again, welcome to the show. We have a... Very important show today, a uh, very important subject. You know, I, I know you guys are like, man, Benu, you always say that, right? But, you know, when have I lied? <laughs> it's the truth, right? Marakuru. But, um, you know, today's show is, is very, very, very important. Definitely one of the most important shows that we've ever done, right? Um. And it's dealing with the importance of ancestral veneration and the consequences, you know, consequences of ancestral neglect. Okay? It's a very, very, very important subject. And, you know, we're going to we're going to delve into it, right? We're going to get into it from the comedic perspective, dealing with ancestral veneration in the comedic tradition, where it's found in the comedic tradition, right? And I'm um, going to explain some things, you know, that should be, I say it should present the comedic tradition in a totally new light to many of our people. Um, and, uh, you know, we should have a greater clarity and understanding after we deal with it, right? We want to talk about why it's important, what's to be gained from it, what do the ancestors gain from it, right? 
and also the consequences of failing to venerate our ancestors. All right, so we're going to talk about that, okay? Definitely, definitely. And then we're going to give some examples of the same principles, right, the same understanding, the same practice, right, that can be found throughout the world, okay? The same understanding that, you know, ancestral, you know, veneration is extremely important, right? In some in some instances, right, we're going to see examples where there is no, there is really no um, other spiritual practice or religion outside of ancestral veneration, okay? Right? If you don't do nothing else, you venerate your ancestors. Right? You set up a shrine for your mothers and your fathers. Right? If you don't do anything else, if you don't believe in nothing else, right? You practice ancestral veneration. We're going to demonstrate that. We're going to show that, okay? Um, that it's not just an, it's not just the comedic tradition, right? But we can go around the world, right? We can go around the world and find the same practice. So we're going to deal with that. Okay, today, and uh, you know, it's going to be a good one. But before we go any further, before we get into anything deep, I want to make sure that we keep things in the right order, make sure that we start things off, right, keeping in line with the divine. So I want to say, right, first start off by saluting rank and paying homage. I want to say, that is, Salutation of power, father, mother, ter. I want to say, that is, salutation of power to the interu, forces of nature. I want to say, that is, salutation of power to the ancestors, the legendary ones, the ancient ones, those of your, those from before, right? Those at the head, at the beginning, Tepiuo, salute the ancestors. I want to say, Enetaritin, Jertiu, Ek, Chepsuek, Tupiuo Ek, that is, salutation of power to your ancestors. I salute your ancestors, those of you that are listening. And I want to say, right? Salutation of power to you all that are listening as manifestations, expressions, emanations, literally the walking incarnations and embodiment of the terror of the divine yourselves. What we just went through, family, was our divine ancestral lineage. Because for us, as an African people, with an African worldview, practicing an African way of life, for us, we trace our lineage all the way back to Niter, to the divine, to the creator. As a matter of fact, we trace our lineage all the way back before Beyond the creator, back to the source of creator. 
Because for us, creator and creation are one. So we trace our lineage all the way back to the chaos, right? To the source, to the essence, to new. We trace our lineage all the way back through our blood relatives, back to the original man and the original woman, and through the original man and the original woman, back to the interrule, the forces of nature themselves, and back through the interrule, back to Neter, back to Ra, back to Kepri, back to the Creator, and back beyond Ra, through Ra, back to Nu, to Nunet, to the Kimnu Neteru, to Amun, right? That is to say that for us, Neter is our first ancestor. However, not only is that our divine ancestral lineage, but for us as an African people, practicing an African tradition with an African worldview, for us, there is only one being in existence, period. And that one being is Neter and all other beings are simply manifestations of, emanations from, expressions of, aspects of, incarnations of that one being, that one divine being. So for us, not only is that our divine ancestral lineage, but it is also the divine evolutionary and creative process through which we, as that one being, brought ourselves into existence. As Ra, from the essence, right? And further manifested ourselves, explored ourselves, defined ourselves, expressed ourselves as the interru, the forces of nature, right? And further exploring ourselves, evolving ourselves, coming forth as the original man and the original woman, and further exploring ourselves. Defining ourselves, refining ourselves, reduplicating and reproducing ourselves through the line and through the years, ultimately until it culminates in our coming into existence, our very being right here, right now, this very present moment. That family is the cool Kim. That is the black light. Those twin halves of the same self-knowledge, the same divine African self-knowledge is the Kukim. That is the black light that is going to elevate our people out of the condition that we currently find ourselves in throughout the world. It is that black light that is going to shine into the darkness of our minds so that we may see ourselves out of our current predicament so that we can be elevated and lifted out of the ignorance of ourselves so that we can do for ourselves, so that we can be ourselves. That's the cool kill. And if you can get with that, <laughs> Once again, I want to say, welcome to the show, right? As we mentioned before, we got a very, very important one today, right? Very important one today. But before we go into um, our subject, right? Before we go into our 
subject today. Want to first start things off with uh, some quick announcements, right? Want to start some things off, right? We man, it's, it's been a um, it's been a very very um, you know, exciting past few months, right? Um, and you know, the past week or two has really you know escalated, right? But um. Real quick, I want to go over some of the things that's that's getting ready to go go down. Some of the things you want to definitely be on the lookout for, right? Some of the things that are happening, okay? And um, you know, let's say for those of you that you know were checking for us last week, and uh, you know, checking for us here, right on Talk Show, um, you know, last week, and you didn't find us, it is because. Um, we were actually, we did a collaboration show, um, Cool Kim and the uh, Madhu Indela Institute with the Brother Saw Imhotep. We did a, um, a live hangout um, that aired live on YouTube and, and Google Plus. And um, if you didn't catch that show, right, that particular show, that presentation was um, dealing with the Cool Kim Kimmit Tour 2015 and the importance of an African pilgrimage. Okay? Um, if you didn't catch that show, which was a very, very um, important show, very great presentation, if you didn't catch that, it is available on YouTube, right? You just type it in, um, you know, the Cool Kim Kimmit Tour 2015. Um, you can type in uh, my name. You can type in the brother saw Imhotep's name, visit his channel, visit my channel, Ankbenu, A-A-N-K-H-B-E-N-U, right? And, um, you know, check out my uh, favorites and, and my playlist, and you'll see the video on there, okay? Um, also been posting it all over YouTube and whatnot, so you'll be able to find a video. Definitely you want to check that out because that was just a small, right, a small taste. Uh, a preview, if you will, of what's going to be expected on this tour. But that show, right, that show was was important. And, you know, a few days ago, day before yesterday, actually, I, um, you know, I received a call unexpectedly from a brother in Nigeria that saw the show. And, you know, he made it a point to let us know, right, to let me know that the family on the continent is watching, right? They're listening. They're watching, okay? And they're, they're looking to us to bring that light. And, you know, if everything goes to plan, there will be a number of them that will be joining us on this African pilgrimage, okay, so, you know, just wanted to share that with the family, it was, it was very, very, um, humbling, um, you know, to, to receive that call and to hear this brother, um, you know, share that with us, share, um, the impact that our work is having, you know, on the continent, in Nigeria, um, and, you know, it, it's very encouraging to let us, you know, to, to add fuel to the fire that's already burning. We're going to keep this thing going, right? Putting some oil in the black light. You know what I'm talking about? 
<laughs> okay, so um, yo, definitely, definitely, definitely wanted to, you know, just um, share that, and you know, this tour. Okay, this tour, this cool Kim Kimmit tour, is going on September the third through the fourteenth. Okay, September the third through the fourteenth, we're going to. Begin in Cairo, and we're going to go from Cairo all the way down to Abu Simbo, okay? Um, throughout the, you know, throughout that time period, the 3rd through the 14th, and we're going to be visiting all of the, you know, all of the, you know, major temples and the monuments and whatnot in between there, right? So we're going to go to, um, you know, in Cairo, we're going to go and visit the Step Pyramid of, um, you know, of Imhotep or Djoser, right? We're going to visit the, the Giza, right? The pyramids of Khufu, Koefra, and Minkarura, right? We're going to visit the um, Heruim Aket or the so-called Sphinx, right? We're going to go to the Egyptian Cairo Museum. We're going to visit the, you know, the, um, you know, the old kingdom monuments and the Saqqara monuments, right? Okay? We're going to visit all of that. We're going to visit... Um, you know, the temple of Seti I, right, in Ibdu or Abydos, right, the Osarian temple. This temple is important as it relates to understanding the practice of ancestral veneration, right, our subject of today. It's important, right, this temple is important in understanding the way that our ancestors practiced ancestral veneration, okay? How our ancestors, the ancestors that we venerate, right, how they venerated their ancestors. That's what we're going to learn at the Temple of Seti I. We're going to pull libations at the Osarian Temple of Seti I, right? And you're going to see why in Hinesu we venerate the ancestors as Osir, Kinti Yamintiu, right? We're going to demonstrate that at the Temple of Seti I, okay? Then we're going to go over to the Temple of Hetheru at Dindera, okay? Another important temple. And we're going to break down Hetheru and how, you know, she functions in the universe, right? Her role and function and how she relates to us. And, you know, um, specifically um, as the interest of Women, young women, girls, fertility, right? We're going to deal with all of that. We're going to go in depth with the Netaru at all of these locations, right? We're going to visit the Temple of Federal and Indera. We're going to visit um, the Valley of the Kings, the Valley of the Queens, right? Check out, um, you know, take a journey through the Duat as we enter into um, the various tombs in the Valley of the Kings and the Valley of the Queens, right? We're going to visit... The temple of Amun and Amaut and Kansu at uh, the temple of Luxor and the temple of Karnak, right? We're going to visit the mortuary temple of Hatshepsut. We're going to visit, right, the, the colossal statues of Amenhotep I, okay? We're going to visit these places. We're going to visit the Luxor Museum. We're going to visit Banana Beach to see some examples of nation building and self-sustainability, right? We're going to visit the temple of Heru-Behudet at Edfu. We're going to visit the temple of Subek and Heruwa at Komobo, right? We're going to visit the temple of Os 
the Sebek Museum. We're going to visit the Nubian Museum, right? We're going to visit um, the the um, you know the stone quarry, the so-called unfinished obelisk, to show where our ancestors got the materials, right, that they used to build the things that we see. Okay, we're going to visit. Um, you know, Abu Simbol, Nubia, to visit the temple of Raheru Kuti and Heheru, okay, which was erected by uh, Ramesu II, and the temple of Heheru there was built by him, or, you know, built by his decree on behalf of his Nubian queen, okay, his Nubian queen, Nefertari, okay. We're going to visit these places, right? And more. We're going to visit the Nubian Museum. We're going to take, right, in our journey, when we get to Cairo, we're going to spend a few days, two days in Cairo, seeing those things, and then we're going to catch a domestic flight into Luxor and then go up to Aswan to visit, uh, go up to Abydos, pardon me, to visit the temple of uh, Seti the First, the Osirian, and then we're going to go over to Dendera. Then we're going to come back to Luxor and spend about two, three days in Luxor. We're going to check into a cruise and sail down the Hopi, sail down the Nile, okay, from Luxor down into Nubia, right, into Aswan. So this is going to be a beautiful trip. We got packages that include everything except your passport and your, your tourist visa, which is about 25 bucks for the tourist visa, right? But we got packages that include everything else, right? We got packages that include your airfare, and then for those that are traveling from abroad, like if you're traveling from outside of the U.S., okay, we have packages um, for you also. You just have to get to Kemet, and then once you get to Kemet, everything else is taken care of, okay? But for those that are coming from the Americas, whether it's Canada or, or you know, the Caribbean or, you know, the U.S., we have packages um, that are all-inclusive. You just have to get to New York, okay? You can get to New York. We take care of the round trip from New York and all of the domestic airfare in Kemet, okay? It includes everything else, right? Your meals, okay? Breakfast and dinner when we're in, you know, the different spots where we're staying in hotels. And then on the cruise, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, okay? The cruise is three to four days, right? So, right, we, we're going to make sure that everyone's taken care of. This is going to be the trip of a lifetime. This is an African pilgrimage, exploring the comedic tradition in this African context, Okay, you're going to understand this tradition, the way that we lay it down, you know, what you've heard on Cool Kim Radio, what you've heard from, from me, your brother, in my work, right? What our ancestors laid down, that's what you're going to get, and you're going to understand it in this greater African context as it relates to other African traditions that are related to the comedic tradition. So this is not one to miss. This is a spiritual journey, right? It's an enlightening journey that we're going to take, right? Um, for more information on that, please visit our website, heninsu.com, H-E-N-E-N-S-U.com, right? Heninsu.com, and click on the marketplace, and you'll find the Cool Kim Kimmy Tour button. Click on that, and it'll take you to the page, or contact your brother at H-E-N, right, E-N-S-U, 
at gmail.com or anukosair10, A-N-U-K-A-U-S-A-R-1-0 at gmail.com, okay? You don't want to miss this tour. Um, registration is due, right? The last day to register for the Cool Kim Kimmit tour is August the 3rd, okay? August the 3rd, 2015 is the last day to register for the Cool Kim Kimmit tour 2015, right? You can you can pay everything on that day, okay? Or you can pay gradually. Um, in between now and then, you know, we're we're taking deposits as low as three hundred dollars, right? But you can pay whatever you want in between now and then, okay? And uh, between now and August the third, okay, to make sure that you lock in your spot for this tour. All right. So um, the the prices just to just to let you know, right? Everything that we're talking about here. For for those um, that want everything, right? You you want us to take care of, you know, include the airfare and everything. You're gonna meet us in New York and fly with us to Kemet, and everything's included. That package is thirty two thirty, right? That's thirty two thirty, right? And um, the package that does not include airfare for those that are going to, you know, take care of their own tickets to Kemet, and you know. Um, or you're traveling from abroad, the package is twenty two thirty. Okay? Twenty two thirty. But um this is this is what we have to offer also. We have an a an organizer and referee incentive, right? In which for each person that you get to go or bring, okay, we're gonna give you ten percent of the fee towards your trip. Right? So you bring, let's say, if you want the total package, everything, all inclusive, you bring one other person with you, okay, or you get one other person to go or sign up, and your your trip is twenty nine ten, right? That's how much your trip will cost, twenty nine ten, okay? If you want your entire trip paid for, okay, you get 10 people to go. Right, if you can organize a group of ten people to go on the tour, your entire trip is paid for. Okay, you want half your trip paid for, get five people to go, and half of your trip is paid for. Right, that's how much we want the family to go on this trip. But no matter how many you get to go, we'll give you ten percent fee, three hundred and twenty-three dollars for the total package. Okay, um. You know, $223 for the, you know, the package that does not include airfare per person that you get to go, right? And even if you go beyond 10 people, let's say you, you get a group of 10, you get to go free. And let's say you get, you know, um, more than 10 people to go. For each person, more than the 10 that you get to go will give you that 10% to go in your pocket. You can do with it what you please, right? That's what we're looking to do. For the family for this tour, okay. So um, definitely, definitely, family. We want to make it easy as possible for the family to go, and uh, you know, we want to see you there, right? We want, we want you to experience this. This is going to be experience of a lifetime. We have the brother Asar Imhotep as a featured tour leader and a lecturer on this tour, okay. And, um, you know, if you're familiar with the brother's work, you know that he is erudite, right? He is 
He is very thorough when it comes to the information and the linguistics and connecting the comedic tradition and language with, um, you know, um, related modern African languages and the cultures of interior Africa, right, the traditions of interior Africa. So, right, this is going to be a very, very, very important tour. This is a pilgrimage, right? This is an African pilgrimage. Okay, so um, you don't want to miss this, right? You don't want to miss this. So definitely, 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 right? Make sure you look into that. If you're ready to sign up, we got the registration form and everything on the site. Make sure you lock yourself in, okay? August the 3rd, right? It's the final day, okay? Um, next announcement. Myself and the brother Tahir RBG are, you know, preparing to do a lecture concert series, right? A domestic tour um, that pertains to the divine, or pardon me, the role of the African woman in our African liberation movement, okay? That's what we're going to be dealing with, and, you know, uh, this is looking to kick off this spring. Right, my uh, particular focal point will be Osset, um, the archetype of the divine African woman. Okay, so we're going to be going into the nature of the African woman as a divine being, and you know, the um, the how our ancestors gave us right, um, or or identified the force called Osset, and how Osset set the standard right for. What an African woman, a divine African woman is supposed to look like, supposed to be like, right? So we're going to deal with that, okay? And you know how the brother Tahir brings it. So you know, this is going to be another event that you wanna, you're going to want to look out for when it's coming to you or if you want to bring it to you, okay? Definitely contact us. We're going to have a package available for you to bring this series to you, okay? It's going to be a big event. Right? Um, stay tuned for, right, or be on the lookout for the release of my book, Remembering Osir, okay? And uh, this book here is going to lay out the comedic tradition and how we practice it, right? It's going to lay out how we practice the tradition, how we're able to practice the tradition today. You're going to understand the cosmologies, I mean, you know, all of the cosmologies, cosmology, a new cosmology of, um, um, you know, centered around Ra, cosmology centered around Ptah, the, you know, Menefer or Memphite theology. You're going to understand the cosmology of uh, Waset or Thebes centered around Amun, the Kimnu cosmology with Tehuti and Ginginwar. Okay, you're going to understand the cosmologies. You're going to understand the, you know, how it's all organized into the ritual system. You're going to understand how to practice the rituals, how to set up your shrines to the ancestors, to the Netaru, okay? You're going, to, you're going to know what offerings to make, right? You're going to know what things not to offer, when to make offerings, when not to make offerings. You're going to understand all these things, right? This book, I think last time I mentioned, it was at 806 pages. Now it's currently at about 830 Two pages, okay? 832 pages. So um, it might actually end up being 900 by the time that is actually released, which is any day now. But you know how it is. (laughs) 
Okay, but um, right, you definitely, definitely, definitely want to stay tuned for this book, right? Be on the lookout for this book, Remembering Osir, okay, by Unkbenu, your brother. Okay, so we got that going, and um, definitely, definitely, definitely want to ask everybody to support um Hinesu, support Repat Nation and and our work. You know, help us to keep this thing going. Help us to make our vision manifest, right? Repat Nation is a situation. And, um, you know, you know, we um, have a vision, right? Our vision is to actually establish a community, establishing Nisu as a community on the African continent, right? We're looking to buy land on the African continent and establish a community there so that we can build our nation and, and practice our culture, okay, right, practice our culture on our own land, grow our own food, build our own homes, build our schools, build our temples, build our factories, manufacture our essential needs, right, take care of ourselves and sustain ourselves on our own land, that is our vision, family, that is what Hinesu is about, that is what Repat Nation is about, that is the situation, right, and we can we can do that if we have your support. So, you know, by supporting Repat Nation products, right? Repat Nation and Hinesu products. Repat Nation and Hinesu businesses, okay? Such as Design Culture, okay? The the Good Sister, Simsaribet, Ernakita, and Design Culture Apparel. Okay, visit designculture.com. That's D-E-Z-I-G-N-K-U-L-C-H-A.com. Designculture.com. Okay, check her out and support, right? Support beautiful African apparel and clothing. Support. Okay, check out Poofy Organics by Candice. Okay, Poofy Organics by Candice on Facebook. And you can actually Google that, and it'll take you to her website, Poofy Organic by Candice. Um, and, you know, purchase your natural hygienic products, your natural oils and soaps and, and all of those good things, right? Support, okay? Support, right? Also, we have, um, you know, um, the good sister, right, Shimsuwat. And, you know, she's, she's just... Put up her page, you know, on uh, on Facebook. Want to go to it real quick, you know? If I say if if I can't find it, right? Um, definitely when you're when you are on the line, Simsuwat, because I think you're in the building. Please, you know, share with us about your um about your page and about your your business and whatnot. But you know, our sister, she does the natural hair, right? Does the natural hair. Right, your locks, your braids, your you know, everything natural, that's what she does, right? And she she's you know, in you know, she's a G with it, as as we say. <laughs> so, right, if you're in the area, right, the Arizona area or you know, I don't know, she might you know, she might even travel, you, you know, she'll she'll let us know all of that when she gets on here. Definitely, 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 you know, and you got natural hair, you wanna get your hair done, right? Support, 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 okay? Um, support, right? Check out the Black Biblos by Rob Mary, right? Available 
at Hinesu.com in the marketplace of Black Biblos is a compilation of our ancestral stories, our ancestral hymns, our ancestral proverbs, right? Um, all compiled into one book, one concentrated potent portion, right? Potent portion of black power, right? Black African power in this book, okay? The black biblos. And many of the stories are, are put in a way, they're revamped in a way that would be able to understand it in a modern context and they're put into story form for you to read it to your children, Okay, this is what we need, family. So check out the Black Biblos. Okay, support right our good brother Rob Mary. Check out the brother Tahir RBG's music. Okay, at tahir.bandcamp.com. T a h i r. b a n d c a m p. dot com. Tahir.bandcamp.com. Okay, the music that you hear at the top of the show and much more. The brother has a very very Extensive catalog Check him out Support Right Real music Real hip hop And And also Check out the website AllRBG.com For some other products That our brother Has put together Such as The red black and green Flags Um And the saints You know The African saints Candles Okay RBG saints candles Um You know Where he's taking our our ancestors, such as Dr. Khaled, such as um, the Honorable Marcus Mosiah Garvey, right? And put them on the candle so that we can perform our rituals, okay, to them. And, and to, and to um, you know, invoke them to assist us in our efforts, okay? Right? So support the brother, right? Support the family. So that we can make this thing happen. Alright? Okay, family. All that being said, man, whoo! We've been on it for a good little minute going through this. I'm going to open up the line. So if you're just tuning in, this is your brother, Open New. You're listening to Cool Kim Radio, and we're about to go into the subject, the importance of ancestral veneration and the consequences of ancestral neglect. If you like to call in, you have something that you like to say or add, right? Comment a question, by all means, feel free to do so. We'd love to hear from you. And if by chance you have something that you like to say or add, comment a question, but you don't necessarily want to call in, Feel free to leave that comment or question in the Talk Show Live chat room. We'll get to it ASAP. Real quick, now see my brother, um, you know, the good doctor, Keperu Marawat Ib, right? Also known as Pasco Chang Ling, um, you know, is in the building, live and direct from Seychelles, right? Y'all know where Seychelles, yo, Seychelles is, a, is an island, on the east coast of Africa. I don't know what time it is over there, but the brother's in the building. And, um, you know, very brilliant, natural doctor, holistic doctor. And, um, you know, if you're on that side of the world, or even if you're not, if you would like a consultation with our brother, you can also book him, right, directly by going to his, his page, Vitality, on Facebook, okay, Vitality in Seychelles on Facebook, or you can book him, you can actually go to Hinesu.com and click on book services, and you can you can actually book a consultation, a natural health consultation 
with our brother via Skype or Hangout or, or um, you know, what have you, okay? Support. <laughs> All right. Going to open up the lines, right? Going to start things off with the QM. Okay, Hector Poo. Marita Turk. Hector Poo. All right. Two, two. What's the good word? Well, that's a lot, a lot going on. Um, In other words, when you were running about uh, a potentially massive um, pilgrimage coming from Nigeria, yeah, yeah, saying that uh, the people are going fast. It's going like hotcakes, so so you want to hop on it. <laughs> two, 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 two. Right, right. This is um, it's a very important, you know. And I'm I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yo, you know what? Yeah, the seats are going, the seats are going fast. But you want you also, right? You know, if you get if you get there, right? If you if you lock in, right? We're gonna let you in, right? We're we're probably gonna let you in, but. You definitely want to register early, right? You want to, or as as soon as you can, right? Register as soon as you can. Um, you know, once again, we have a payment plan. So if you if you just make a deposit, uh, we, like like I said, we're accepting deposits as low as three hundred dollars. Or if you would just want to pay it all at once, as long as everything is done by August the third, oh. right? We should be good. Thank you. Okay. And for for anybody. Um, in the audience that's that's uh, new, is there a, a newsletter or some type of way that they could keep abreast of all the activities that are going on? Um, I say we have we have a news um, letter that we send out every now and then, you know, uh, via hinews.com. But the best way to keep up with what's going on is is really to uh, visit you know, or sign up rather. To Hinesu.com. Go to Hinesu.com, H E N E N S U.com, and, and sign up. Okay? Um, that way we'll keep you up to date with what's going on. And also visit us at uh, Hinesu on Facebook, right? Like the page. And uh, that's another way to stay up to date with everything that we got go- going on. Well, I'm excited and I'm, I'm ready for a presentation, so I'm, I'm not going to. Prolong it. <laughs> All right. That's a good word. Dwa-u. Dwa-u. It's up. Okay. Hetapu, Louisiana, you're on the air. What's up, brother? This is Brother Tennant, man. All right. What's going on, brother? Hetapu. What's up? Peace and love, bro. How you doing? Dude, dude. Same, same to you, brother. Definitely, definitely. How are you? I'm excellent. Ikwar. That's what's up, man. I'm out there in nature, just enjoying nature. You know, looking forward, looking forward for the topic. You. Know, Dude. All yeah. right. So. All right. So, so we good to go, basically. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, heads up to everybody. Let's get into it. All right. That's a good word, brother. Appreciate you. Heads up, pool. All right. All right. Hetapu, Arizona, you're on the air. Hetapu, Hetapu. 
All right. Two, two. Nesquire. Ah, uh, Nesquire. Everything is Nesquire. <laughs> two. Hey How's the family? Everybody good? To you, Ikorlu, we, we, we're excellent. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what's the, <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, the good word, though? Um, thanks for the shout-out. I, I thought that was a beautiful thing. I, I, I appreciate it. Um, uh, To the family, um, definitely, I, I do do hair. You guys can look me up on um Facebook um, at Naturally You. There's a, there's a couple different pages for Naturally You, but I have a specific picture with a whole bunch of braids and things. On there, so you'll know that it's looking. Um, so Shimsuat or naturally you. Um, and um, I'm just ready for the show, you know. Um, and I do travel just to let every uh, people know, you know, everybody that's listening know I do travel. So um, if, it, if it's worth it, I'll be there. And uh, um, hey, I'm just ready. I'm ready for the show. I'm ready to hear you, brother. All right, that's a good word, Dwau. All right, head to poo. Sim Salimet, that's you. To you. <laughs> to you, it's me. <laughs> to you, to you. That's correct. Head to poo. That's the cool dua. Wow. You. That's correct, and that's equal cool dua. I'm excellent. Thank you. That's fair. That's fair. To you, to you. I just want to say that you always bring that energy. <laughs> if anybody was low on energy, all they have to do is tune in. And they get a big dose. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, everything you said is beautiful. It's a lot going on. Thank you definitely for the uh, shout-out for Design Culture. And, um I'm ready to get into the subject. All right. That's a good word, Dwa. I'll be back. To you. To you. Hit up. Hit up. All right. Hit up, South Carolina. You on the air? Hit up, What's going on, brother Equinif? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm back online, man. I missed a, a couple shows or two, man. You know, but uh. Definitely, I, I, I want to greatly appreciate uh, everything that you provide, man. Oh, uh, because you definitely help uh, help me see what, the, what what our true path is about, man. And as it relates to the devoted spirit, the devoted energy that you bring to the table, as we're talking about these uh, subjects, and the same energy that you're encouraging within us, you know, even to those people that might be listening their own. Not knowing who and what Hanissu is, um, as we are looking to, uh, you know, gather ourselves economically, uh, uh, even agriculturally. Even we're not there yet, but we're still looking to, to, to build to this extent, man. So I greatly appreciate it, man. Thank you for bringing me to the point where I can use my imagination to definitely see this 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 world, and it definitely does seem like it's coming um, into our grasp, man. So. I think we can do it, man. We can do it. So, 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 do I, do I, do I, Natal, for for bringing that 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 good red carpet out for us, uh, to to definitely lead us on the, on that path, man. So, I'm I'm happy to play a, a part in that, and and and, and thank you, thank to thank the whole family, everybody that's participating, the callers, 
you know, uh, everybody that's helping encourage their energy. Thank you to everybody. Wow. Dude, dude, appreciate you, brother. Definitely, definitely. Hit up. I'll be back. Hotel, bro. All right, all right. Those of you that are just tuning in, this is your brother, Uncle New. You're listening to Cool Kim Radio. We're about to get into this subject, the importance of ancestral veneration and the consequences of ancestral neglect. Okay, so ancestral veneration, right? You know, what is what is that, right? What is that about? Okay, you know, what what is, you know, what is this, you know, this idea? What does venerate mean, right? Ancestral veneration, Okay. Everyone should should understand or know what ancestors, you know, what an ancestor is. You know, that's your peoples, right? That's your that's your people, that's your your blood, but I say the practice of ancestral veneration isn't necessarily um relegated to just your blood. Okay? Um it can also be people that are close to the family, people that are community uh leaders or national leaders, someone that has had played a role in their life, right? Their life um, had a very positive impact on you, okay? Or, you know, their their life, um, their sacrifice, um, you know, basically, you know, opened the door for you. Or you would not be either, either be here literally, physically, you would not be here, or you would not be in the place, right? We would not be in the place that we were in because of them. So, you know, this is, this is, what we mean by ancestors, right? So it's definitely in it definitely includes um your blood relatives first and foremost, but it extends to, you know, to anybody that falls into, you know, that category that we just mentioned. Okay? And veneration, right? Veneration um is the act of you know, act of venerating, okay? <clears throat> and venerate is a verb um that means to uh, regard with or respect, right, or revere. Um, it has, you know, it's synonymous with reverence and um, to hold something sacred, to exalt, to adore, to honor, um, and also can include uh, worship, right? Um, respect, okay? This is, this is um, what we're talking about, right? The, the veneration of the ancestors, right? But um, you know, those those terms they they they're abstract, right? Respect and and honor and to hold sacred and you know, all these things, right? Um to to exalt, right? These are these are abstract words. What do they look like, right? What do what do they actually look like? What does ancestral veneration look like? Okay? Um this is where our our understanding, our knowledge, and you know of the traditions, our ancestral traditions come in, because our ancestors actually laid down the the guide, so to speak, the guidelines, the format, right, the procedure um, that is to be followed and implemented as it pertains to the veneration of our ancestors, right? Through following the examples of how our ancestors venerated their ancestors, right? We are informed of how to properly venerate our ancestors. Okay? Um so that's that's an important thing to understand. 
Okay, that's an important thing to understand, right? We're talking about um, ancestral veneration and, you know, what it actually looks like. There's, cer- there's certain things, okay, that must be done for one's ancestors, okay? So it, it goes beyond simply loving your ancestors, right, or respecting your ancestors, right, or you know, quote-unquote, honoring your ancestors. It goes beyond just remembering your ancestors, right? That's all a big part of it, a very, very important part of it, right? But there are specific things that must be done on behalf of our ancestors, okay? And, you know, this is where the rituals come into play, right? This is where the offerings come into play, okay? This is where the sacrifices come into play. This is where the the communication, right, with the ancestors come into play. So we're going to talk about all of these things as it relates to the comedic tradition, right, as it's taught in the comedic tradition. And... We're going to deal with, you know, the benefits as well as the consequences, right? What are the benefits of ancestral veneration and what are the consequences? Why is, why is ancestral veneration important? Why are certain things required, right? I want to talk about that, okay? So, first and foremost, let's deal with the why, okay? Let's deal with the why. Why? Is ancestral veneration important? Okay. From the comedic point of view, okay. Um, and let's say even before we deal with the comedic, you know, tradition, when we're talking about spirituality in general, right? We're talking about spirit, okay, in general, right? We're talking about a part of us, a vital part of us, right? That is um it that is held in many cases to exist beyond our physical body right our close physical body um we're talking about an aspect of us that is said to exist beyond or you know or survive rather is said to survive after um we make our transition or quote-unquote death of this physical body. There is a part of us that lives on. This is almost a universal, universally held view um, amongst spiritual traditions, okay? And, you know, once this part of us that survives goes forward, okay, its destination depends on a few things, right? It depends on whether or not the person lived, um, you know, lived right, so to speak, okay? What our ancestors call ma'at, right? Whether they lived ma'at or not, right? That would determine the nature of their journey, right? After they, they transcend this physical, this physical plane, right? 
And whether their their journey was a a joyous one, a harmonious one, a good one, a positive one, a safe one, or whether it was um, you know, full of conflict and danger, okay? Torments, right? These are things that are almost universally held, right? These are views that are universally held, okay? Even beyond Kemet, even beyond African traditions, right? Okay? We can we can demonstrate this. Right? But um in the West, right? In the West, right? Where where this where this thing differs in African traditions and, and you know some some other traditions, right? Asian traditions and whatnot. Where these things differ for African people, right? As opposed to the West is that this word spirit is also abstract. It is not adequate enough to describe, okay, the the totality and the co- complexity of what our ancestors um, understood and meant when they, you know, were talking about those aspects of us that survived this physical existence, right? The death of the physical body, okay? This one word, spirit, is not enough, okay? Right? What is it? What does it do? What is it, what is it, is, what is its function, right? This is, this is something that the West does not understand. So, you know, in the West, we use terms such as mind, right, such as spirit, such as soul. But we don't really understand what these things are, and we aren't really able to um, differentiate between mind, spirit, and soul on a functional level, okay? All right, so... You know, what is the difference between the soul and the spirit? This is, these are things that we, you know, that the West has a problem with. They have a problem with mind, right? As a matter of fact, when you study their, their physics and their quantum physics, they call consciousness, they speak to consciousness, and they refer to it as a problem, the problem of consciousness, right? Because they can't understand it. They can't comprehend it. They don't know its origins and its source, right? Where does it come from? Is it, is it something that exists beyond the brain? Or is it an end result of brain functioning? Okay? They don't know these things. They don't understand memory, right? Okay? There's very little that they understand as it relates to, right, the mind and the consciousness, right? Spirit and soul, right? But they like to use these words, okay? Um, our ancestors, on the other hand, they understood, right? The subtle aspects of reality, the subtle forces at play in reality, right? Like the, like the West has their periodic table of elements. Our ancestors had their cosmologies. They had... They're interru, right? They're divine forces, right? Which were elemental forces of nature, okay? 
that they were able to identify, classify, and organize and work with an interface within a systematic manner to maintain order in their lives and in the world, right? This is, this is what our ancestors were able to do, okay? But, right, not only that, in their, their, their observation, right, of these subtle forces, these subtle realities, they were also able to, to, to identify various aspects of a person, various aspects of an individual, okay, right? They were able to identify, classify, and then, and then, dis, then uh, describe in an organized manner, right, what we call the anatomy of being, right? The anatomy of an individual's existence, okay? And, right, we're talking about, you know, parts that are very high, very elevated, right? That pertain to what we call consciousness. And we're talking about parts as dense as our physical bodies, right? But our ancestors identified at least nine, at least nine aspects that make up a person, okay? And certain parts, right? Certain parts of an individual, right? Or several parts of an individual survived after the death of the physical body and were able to carry on an existence independent of the physical body. Okay? And each part, right? Each part um, had a function and each part had its needs in order to successfully continue to perform that function. Okay? Now, for our purposes today, we only want to deal with three parts. Right? Three parts. And that is the ba, right? The bar, right? The car, and the ren, okay? The ba, the car, and the ren, okay? The ba, right? Beginning with the ba. The ba, okay, is what the West has translated as soul, okay? They translate Ba to be the soul. But the Ba is literally our own personal portion of the intelligence and power of Neter, okay? It is our own personal portion of the consciousness and power, right? The consciousness and power of the divine. Okay, it's our own encapsulated or individuated portion of that. Okay? And, you know, this is the portion or this is the, the, the spiritual body, if you will, that incarnates into the world. Okay? And it gives us our consciousness. Right? According to our ancestors, this body incarnated into the world through the crown of our father's head and was transmitted 
through our father, through his seed. Okay? This is what our ancestors taught. Right? And this Bible would go on through the seed to shape the cow and the cat in the womb of the mother. Okay? Right? We're talking about, you know, conception here. This is what this is talking about. But once the individual is formed from the union of the bi and the chi and the, you know, and the cat and all of these other organs are formed, right? The zogahu, the, the ib, the, you know, the kaibit, okay, or shuitu, right? All of these different parts, right, are formed, okay? Um, the individual is born, the ka, or, or, or the ba, rather, right? takes up residence as the consciousness in this person, okay? But it is not just, right, the consciousness, but it is, it is literally the consciousness incarnate through the inner ancestral spirit that communicates to the person through and as their conscience. And the conscience as we know, is that, that aspect of our being that calls upon us, pulls on us to do ma'at, right? That, that tries to guide us to do ma'at, to live truth, to be right, right? This is, this is a very important body, right? The ba, Okay? Remember that it's the it's it is the Nitera within incarnate through the inner ancestral spirits that communicates to us as our conscience, our own inner guide, our own inner oracle, so to speak. Okay? Very important, very, very important. Next is the ka. The ka is that body that is responsible for Giving um, personified or unique qualities to uh, the individual, right? It is the persona or the personality, right? It gives the unique quality of intelligence and power, right? Certain type of mind and thinking, certain type of abilities and, and talents, right? This is what the car does, okay? The car also survives the death of the physical body, okay, um, but there's a difference between the ba and the ka. The ba, wham unks, right? It repeats life, okay. It it goes on, right, to reincarnate, so to speak, into another body, right? Eventually, that's what it does. While the ka Right, the ka actually um, can continue its existence with the persona, right? The personality of the individual that you know that lived, okay? That that incarnation, and you know, one can actually continue to interface or or interact with the ka of an ancestor, okay? Um, and this ka. This, the intelligence, right, and the power of the car can still be um, activated and utilized, and, and it is effective, okay, and is worked with, 
right? So this is this is important because this is a big difference here. The ka, when we engage our ancestors, right, and we approach them through shrines, right? The the ka is the is the um body, right, that is worked with and offered to through a shrine, which in the language is called kari or, or karu, okay? Literally the mouth or door of the ka, okay? The mouth or door of the ka, and we're going to remember that mouth, right? Mouth is very important, right? The mouth of the ka. We're going to talk about that, okay? But um, this ka is different because... Its existence is dependent upon whether or not it receives nourishment. Okay? It has to receive nourishment, right? This is why offerings are made. Remember, all of these bodies that we're talking about is energy. Everything's energy. And there's always a constant exchange of energy. Everything in existence exchanges energy. Everything eats. Everything needs energy to sustain itself, to continue to function, okay? And the ka, right, the ka, right, that, that effective body of our ancestors, right, that allows us to communicate with them, right, the ka that we engage through offerings, that we invoke when we need things done on our behalf, right, that we, that we encounter through ritual and possession, okay, that guides us, right? Okay? This is the Ka, and it can become very, very powerful and effective, or it can become weak. It can become dissatisfied, right, um, etc. and so on. Okay, and it can die, so to speak. Understand this, right? A good way to understand it is this way. Think about um, how you feel when you're satisfied, when you're full, when you've eaten good, right? You have the things that you need. You don't worry, right? You're not stressed, for real, for real. Okay, you're content, but think about how you are when you're very hungry. You haven't eaten, right? You haven't eaten. And think about your patience or lack thereof when you're in that condition. You don't have the things that you need, right? Things aren't provided for, right? You're a little stressed. You're a little tense. Right? You're not that pleasurable to be around. You're a little short-tempered. Okay? And if you're hungry enough, you might be pushed to the edge to take food. Right? To scrounge for food. Right? This is, this is, right? Or you'll eat anything, right? This is, um, this is a good way to understand the nature of the car, right, and, and 
our responsibility to our ancestors, right? The car has to eat. Okay? The car has to eat. Right? So that's one way that the car's existence survives, through the offerings that the descendants of that ancestor makes, right? Or, you know, the survivors of that ancestor that they make to the car, the offerings that they make, this is how the car receives its nourishment. One of the ways. Okay? Another way is through the ritual, through offerings, through blessings, through, through um, sacrifices. Right? Okay? Hymns. Chants. Dance. Song. Right? Remembrance. Okay? Remembering them. Giving them attention and energy. Okay? This is how the car is, is, you know, able to sustain itself. But it also lives, right, in connection to the last thing we mentioned, remembrance, right? It also lives, okay, as long as this, um, this next body that we want to talk about, the Rin, okay, the Rin lives. And the Rin is the name. Okay, the Ka and the Rin are intrinsically connected. Okay, they're intrinsic, right? As a matter of fact, the Ka is, in truth, the active, the active, um, you know, the active um, expression of the Rin. It is the active form of the Rin. The Ka is the Rin in an active state. Okay? Good thing, that's a good way to understand that. So, this is why it's important to call the names of your ancestors, right? We have to call the names of our ancestors when we're performing the rituals, when we're pouring libations, right? We call their names. We remember them, okay? We call their names so that their ka may live, so that their ka may be invoked and invigorated, right? So... This is important, right? This is important, okay? And and the rin must be must be protected, right? This is why we pray. We place the names in what's called a shinu, or or you know a what's called a cartouche, right? They translate it as cartouche, or they call it a cartouche, right? We call it a shinu. We place the ka or the rin in the shinu to protect it, right? So that it can live forever. And, you know, we protect it also by living in a way, or speaking, rather, first and foremost, speaking of the ancestor in a positive way, always in a positive light, speaking, speaking about the best parts of them, the good things that they've done, right? Elevating their name in the world, in the family, right? Um, that's how. Right? We protect the Rin. But also we protect the Rin by not by living in a way that will bring honor and esteem, right? We protect them by living in a way that brings honor and esteem, okay, prestige to the family name. Okay? And, you know, abstain from or avoid doing things that will cause our name to stink. Or ruin the repu ruin our reputation, and by extension, bringing shame upon the family. 
Shame upon the ancestors. Okay? That's how the rent is protected. But it's important, right, to understand that the car, right, the car is a part of us. And the rin is a part of us, right? And the ba is a part of us that survives. And the ka and the rin need, right, specifically the ka, it needs to feed. It needs to eat. It needs energy, right? It needs attention. It has to be maintained in order to survive or in order to function properly. If it, is, if it does not receive the things that it needs or if it's neglected, if it's disrespected, okay? Remember, this part of our being is our personality. And just think about how you feel when you're ignored, right, by those that you care about or those that are responsible for you and you are responsible for them. Think about how you feel when you're neglected, when you're disrespected, okay? Think about it, right? Think about, think about what you do to those or how you act with those that do you that way, right? Think about how you, how you chastise your children for ignoring you. For neglecting their responsibilities. Not following the laws that you've laid down. Disobedience. Think about it. Okay? That's a very important thing to understand. Right? So we have the ba, we have the ka, and we have the rin. Okay? Now, before we go deeper into, into um, you know, the importance, we have to understand also the nature in which our ancestors understood reality, right? You know, we have this physical plane, which is called um, ta, in, you know, in the language earth or land, and we had something called duat, okay? Duat. And duat was the spiritual realm, also called yamintet, meaning west, okay, in which our ancestors um, saw the west, the, the direction in which the sun set, okay, um, as, you know, the entrance into the spiritual realm, okay? That was the spiritual realm, right? And, um, you know, duat or yamintet was, is pretty much the inner planes. It is the inner planes. Of reality. Okay? It's the inner planes of reality. It is the spiritual plane. Okay? And, you know, the rising and setting of the sun, of the Yatin, symbolized the um, coming and going in and out of the world of, of life, right? Of all things in, in actuality, but, but life and incarnation, the ancestors, right? The, the leaving the world in the sunset, representing made it the, making the transition, becoming an ancestor, potentially, right? And the sunrise is Kepri, okay, represented also Heru Pakrad, the birth of 
an ancestor as a new, newly returned child. Okay, a newborn. This is this is the cycles of life, the way that our ancestors laid it down. Okay? Very important what we're going to get into here, right? Because um, you know, this is letting us know that our ancestors how our ancestors saw the relationship between the spiritual plane and the physical plane. Okay? Also, this plane, these two planes are intrinsic to one another. The inner planes of reality called duat are like the internal organs or the insides of our physical body. Just think if, right? Think about the functions, right? Think about the functions that your heart plays, that your kidneys play, that your liver and your spleen and your pancreas play, that your lungs play, your stomach and your intestines play, your bladder plays, right? Think about it. Think about what they do for you, okay? And then think about the things that they need in order to continue to function that way. You see, our organs perform a function for us that allows us to continue to function, continue to live, right? And continue to continue our journey Right? In life and experience and enjoy ourselves. Right? To do the things that we need to do. This is what our organs do for us. Okay? And, but it is through feeding our organs and living properly. Right? That we nourish our organs. Exercise. Right? Nutrition. Okay? That we nourish our organs that they can continue to function properly for us. So it's a reciprocal relationship between us, right, and the decisions that we make and our organs, our internal organs. Likewise, there is a reciprocal relationship between this realm and the duat, okay? We have a responsibility to our ancestors. And the Netaru, they have a responsibility to us. We want to get to that in a second. But before we go any further, we're going to open up the lines. Those of you that are just tuning in, this is your brother, Unc Benu. You're listening to Cool Kim Radio. We're dealing with the subject, the importance of ancestral veneration and the consequences of ancestral neglect. All right? You... Like to add on, you have something that you like to say, comment or question, by all means, feel free to do so. We'd love to hear from you. And if by chance you have something that you like to say or add, but you don't necessarily want to call in, feel free to leave that comment or question in the Talks to Live chat room, and we'll get to it ASAP, family. Okay. All right. Hedge Pool, Marina Turch, you're on the air. That's a pool. Okay. okay. You. All right. Um, <laughs> I have two questions actually. The, the I don't know if you might be a little bit beyond the scope of this particular show, but the um offering that you that you mentioned mm-hmm. when you're offering uh, items or objects or what have you. 
how how do they like what is the effect of each one on uh the class? Okay. Yeah, yeah, that that's a heavy question. I can only deal with it, you know, on a on a basic level, right? Okay, so um yes, you had different types of offerings, right? You had um you had what's called ka offerings, okay? And then you had um you know what scholars call votive offerings, okay? And you know, these offerings on one hand, um oh, but then you also had offerings that are considered um just reciprocal offerings, okay? Going to deal with those three. So with reciprocal offerings. Reciprocal offerings pretty much reflected what it was that you wanted to receive from the Neter, right? What it was that they gave you, what it was that you wanted to receive. So many, in many cases, this actually, um, you know, reflected upon the ecology of the locale that that, that particular temple or shrine was in. Okay, so um, you know whatever whatever was produced, be it food, be it minerals, um, whatever you know, whatever the case may be, whatever was produced in that land that you that you uh, found sustenance from, right? That you received sustenance from, um, nourishment or as a source of wealth or whatever the case may be, um, that was offered to the Neter, um of the land, okay, in that land or that city, okay. So that's that's reciprocal offerings, and you know they can also reflect, um, be reflected in the votive offerings. You know, so for instance, um, you would offer an example of a votive offering was like offering maat, for instance. You know, you see images of them offering a a you know a little statue or image of maat to an ter or an ancestor. And you offered ma'at for a few reasons, but, you know, the main thing was you offered that which was right to the Neter or ancestor so that you can receive in return that which is right. You offered order to them so that you can receive order, harmony so that you can receive harmony, etc. and so on. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, that's, that's an example of that. Another one would be, um, and you see this, Today in in various traditions, including voodoo, and also um, also you see it in uh, yeah you see it in voodoo, and I'm talking West African uh, voodoo, and also Haitian voodoo and New Orleans voodoo. Okay, um, you see the offering of babies. Okay, like and I don't mean I don't mean like infants, like literal babies, right? And so we're not talking about sacrificing infants. Infants here, we're talking about images or dolls, like baby dolls, like um, you know, I'm trying to think of the closest thing that come to mind, like a, like a cabbage patch doll or whatever, right? You offer you offer like a, a figure of an infant to uh, to an iterate like heteru, okay, who deals with fertility. Or you offer it to Osset, who is, you know, an iterate of motherhood. If you if you wanted to receive or increase your fertility or you wanted to conceive, okay, you would oh, offer... That's a, that's a voting or a reciprocal offering? Both. Right, that's both a votive and a reciprocal. Okay. Okay. Well, could, um, could it also um, extend to... Because uh, I know some some people do... Uh, offer their child to to uh, the path of so and so. Pretty okay. Pretty awesome well, I say it it 
in many cases like that, that's um usually by request of the of the ancestor of the or of the Nater, right? So, you know, the, the ancestor or the Nater might might um request that the child be initiated into their particular priesthood or raised in their raised in their priesthood. Okay, they'll let you know. Okay, this child belongs to me. This is who he is, etc. So on, and, and you know, and you know, in keeping you know all things good, when the child is born and whatnot, you know, you raise them in in the tradition. Okay, that's usually how that how that's done. Okay, you there? You. Okay. Right, so so but yet, yeah, you know, votive offerings can be reciprocal offerings, but you know, you also have offerings like um you might offer uh for instance, you might offer a Kepri beetle to an ancestor. Or or you know, you might offer them a Malachite stone or um you know, something yeah, you know, something green like that. And the Kepri beetle is usually green. Right? So that's on one hand you're offering them um, watch, right, which is which is uh, replenishment, life, right, green things, um, you know, to refresh them. You're also offering them, um, you know, you know, the ability to to come forth, to transform, as you know, Kepri, as what Kepri represents, that ability to create themselves and fertility and all the, all of that good stuff as well, um, because the things that are important. To us in this realm are also important to them in that realm. Okay, like fertility is important to us in this realm; it's important to them in that realm. Um, potency is important to us in this realm; it's important to them in that realm. To be effective and influential is important to us; it's important to them. So, you know, that's um, you know, that's reflected in the offerings. Okay, but um, you also had. Other votive offerings, but they they're still kind of reflecting back upon, um, you know what it is that you you're trying to do. So you might offer a an offering of you know a figure of a phallus, okay? If you're a woman, you offer a phallus um, to you know to Heteru or to Osset, or you know if you if you're a guy, you offer something like uh, you know a phallus to you know, or a you know a lettuce like you offer. Um, what do you call it? Um, you know, we our closest equivalent would be romaine lettuce. You offer that to like uh, men, or you offer it to to Ishu or Herubehudet um, to increase your virility, right? Um, you know, that is that is what we're talking about here because of the shape of that lettuce, that type of lettuce. Or you know, this, you know, you offer phallus for that for that reason, is to is to receive those particular um, you know those particular things from that nater, right? Uh, or what those things actually represent, right? Which is fertility, um, you know, virility, potency, etc. And so on, right? So I, I ancestors made offerings of that type for that reason, um, offering a potter's will to kunum. For the same reason, right? Fertility and things of that nature. Then you had offerings that were, um, you know, we we said you had reciprocal offerings, you had votive offerings, and you had car offerings. Okay, this this last offering, the car offerings, this is offering things that reflected the qualities of that particular person. 
or that particular that particular force. And um, you know, it shared the ka, in other words. The ka of this particular food was also the ka of this particular force. So for instance, um for Heru Behudet, right, who is a very fiery force, he's a muscle force, right? We offer Heru Behudet hot foods, spicy foods, hot peppers, cayenne. Um, you know, we offer him, you know, guinea pepper. We offer him ginger and onion and garlic, right? We offer him jalapeno and serrano and, you know, um, one Bacardi 151 rum, right? Um, vodka gin, right? These are things that we offer to Heru Behudet. Okay? Big fat cigars, right? Um, you know, red, right? The You know, red cloth, red candles, um, you know, these things, right? This is what is offered because it reflects the qualities of him, right? And, you know, that's a car offering. Okay? So, is that, is that performed to evoke that that energy, or it's performed. It's performed to invoke and also to feed, to nourish it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you know you you're 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 investing right that particular energy into that shrine, into that force, right? So that the Nater can actually uh you know that car of that Nater or that ancestor can become powerful there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was just trying to give um, get a feel for like the intention that that's behind um, the performance of these offerings and whatnot. Two, two, two. All right. I say we 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 handled it though, right? Good to go. You, you, good to go. Um, and one more question: the bodies mm-hmm. that you you named. Um, they're housed in the duat, or like these are. are they... <laughs> you you mean after after you make your your transition? Um, both and I suppose. Okay, well I say you know when we talk about the duat, the duat is I say the duat is a plane, but it is it is the spirit, like it's your spirit, so to speak, right? But um, so. In that way, yeah, they are. But also, when we're talking about, um, you know, after you transcend from your your physical your your physical body, what I answer is called the cat. Okay, um, your the the rin, right? The rin and the ka um, can take are usually housed in the shrine of that ancestor. Okay, um, it's housed in the shrine. Right, so that's once again why why the um you know why the ka or the shrine is called kari, okay or karu, right? It's literally the mouth of the ka, right? Um, it and you know in in some ways it's 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 the home, it's the throne, it's the tomb, it's the mouth, right? All of these things. This is where our ancestors broke it down in Kemet. It serves all these purposes, and it's also the throne of of the Nater or the ancestor. Okay, so 
the wren, both the wren and the ka, or um, or housed in the you know in the shrine, right? Okay. So let me let me uh, see if I if I'm understanding this. So when you um, when you're alive before you transcend, you are these parts are housed. They are housed in, in the duat, which is within you, like your, your, uh, okay. Two, within, within, within you, within your spirit, within the spirit realm, right? These, uh, these forces exist, but, um, you know, the shrine, right? The shrine is, it provides a, a place where they can take up residence and can, you know, continue to be an active Recognized member of the family And the community Okay mm-hmm. The shrine is where they in, are engaged The shrine is where they are fed The shrine is where they You know where they speak Okay And um You know That is How do you say That is That is why You know the shrine is You know very 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 important When it comes to ancestral veneration Because um You know if you don't make the offerings Right then, yeah, they continue to exist, but their existence is, you know, what is the quality of their existence? Right, it's like like we talked about, like yeah, whether you eat or not, your heart and your liver and these things they exist within you. Okay, your organs exist within you, but if you're not taking care of yourself, if you're not feeding right yourself, okay, if you're not nourishing them, then right, what is the quality of their function within you? They're functioning within you. You, you. So okay. even for um, someone that's trying to, I mean, even even if you're trying to power up your own personal uh, part, you could still engage it at the uh, at the Kyrie. You say you're trying to power up your own personal part. When you say your own personal part, what are you what are you talking about? <laughs> your own personal uh, car or your own personal. Ren or what have you, you just okay. dedicate a, a Kyrie to it. And yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I say to your to your Ren, right? You can you can empower, you can set up a shrine to your Ren, or uh, you can set up a shrine to your Ib, right, to your heart. Um, these shrines can also, I say, you know, uh, be set up with, uh, for instance, you know, the Ren, the Ren shrine can be, you know, be. Uh, at the Renanutet shrine, the the Ib shrine can be at the Heru shrine. Okay, Heru son of a seven set shrine, right? But um, your Ka, you your Ka is is uh literally the incarnation of a particular a particular Niter, right? So your Ka reflects a particular Niter. So you would mm-hmm. feed your you would feed your Ka at the shrine of that Niter, right? Whichever Niter you know governs your Ka. So, you know, for instance, I'm a son of Heru Behudet. And what that means is, you know, my ka is a ka of Heru Behudet. So in order to feed that ka or to invigorate that particular force within me, I do so at the shrine of Heru Behudet, making offerings to Heru Behudet, doing rituals for Heru Behudet. Okay. Okay, that's it. I get it. It's clear. <laughs> All right. That's a good word. Good to go. Good to go. Dwahu. All right. Dwah. I'll be back.
All right. Hector Poo. My brother Dennis, you're on the air. Hector, Hector, brother. To you. To you, to you, Hector Poo. What's a good word? Uh, so, so is it safe to say that, uh, that, that a shrine to your, like, personal ancestors or immediate ancestors and, and, and a shrine to, to, you know, uh, the traditional or, or to the to the entire, uh, it's pretty much saying the same thing, but just in, in a different way. Yo, chill, chill. Yeah, that's that's actually where we're going to end up going. Um, you know, we're going to actually demonstrate um, how, or the fact rather, that the entire comedic tradition is actually a tradition of ancestral veneration. Like the entire comedic tradition, even when we're talking about the Netaru, the Netaru are considered ancestors, and the temple ritual for the Netaru is reflective upon the, the funerary rituals or the ancestral rituals um, for, for your personal ancestors. Okay? So, so yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a very accurate observation. What's up, man? That's all I got, man. I'm still listening. All right. That's a good word, brother. Appreciate you. All right. What's up? Head to pool. All right. Head to pool. Sim Solid Bet, you're on the air. You. All right. Um, you. I, I actually had a question um, regarding... Uh, you know, you know how today so many of the bodies are unearthed. So many of our ancestors' bodies have been unearthed. Mm-hmm. Does that? What effect does it that have on that ancestor? Okay. Yeah, that's that's a that's a good question. Um. Ooh, that's yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a deep one too. <laughs> okay, well you know let's let's start off with with the you know how our ancestors felt about you know for instance like what these people are doing you know the unearthing of their bodies, um you know the disturbing of their tombs, the um I say the the pillaging of you know the things that were buried you know in their tombs their offerings and whatnot. Okay, um, you know I'm gonna. They they didn't like it. Let's put it that way. I, I'm gonna read an example of uh, you know the, how they felt about it. <laughs> okay. 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 Give me one second. All right, so for one, that, um, you know, for, for a person that did not make offerings, okay, or let's say if someone broke into their tombs, right? So in any reason, if, if the shrines were neglected, if 
Someone broke into their tomb, stole their offerings, desecrated their bodies. Okay? This is the way that they felt about it. This is an example. Okay? Um, May there be no son and daughter to give him water or libations. May there be no mortuary offerings for him on any Wagi festival or any other festival of the necropolis. Okay? Um... There you go. <laughs> right? And that's actually, that's taken from the pyramid of, um, you know, I want to say that's from, that's from the pyramid of, of Pepe. Okay? But um, basically, you know, they, they did not want you, you know, they did not, they did not want anyone disturbing their, their, their bodies. They did not want anyone messing with their, uh, messing with their tombs, you know, and, and, you know, stealing their offerings or whatever the case may be. You know, if they did that, they they wanted to cut off their fertility. You're not going to have any children, or no children is going to survive if you already have some, to to um you know make offerings to you. Uh-huh. And you and you won't receive offerings for any festivals, etc. And so on. Uh-huh. Okay, um, but as far as the effect that it had on them, the reason why they they would make a decree that intense. Okay, or that that that's serious, right? It's because you know those bodies, right? The the physical body called the kat, and the you know the kaibit or shiwitu, the ka. Okay, these bodies are very close related to the earth. Okay, and there's you know that's the reason why um, you know our ancestors when they were making the coffins and the the preservation of the body. You know, it was symbolically preser how you say the the they made the coffins in the image of the ancestor and they preserved the body, right? The mummification. It was symbolic of the preservation of the spiritual body, but also it was to it was to um remind the ancestor, right? Of, you know, who they were and so that they know, okay, this is home, right? This is home. This is this is my tomb. This is my shrine. This is where I rest. This is where I eat, etc. So on. Um, you know, as the saying goes, the, the the bar goes to the place it knows. Okay, so that's that's the reason why they did that. And um, the desecration of the body, um, you know, was in a sense ritually desecrating, um, you know, the spiritual body, right? Um, because of that intimate relationship between those bodies. Um, this is also why in, in modern tradition, some of the most, um, I say the worst, let's say the worst fate that someone could have um, exacted upon them was to end up in the hands of a juju man or a juju woman that has taken their bones, taken their body, and has enslaved their ka, okay, by, um, you know, putting some kind of binding ritual on their bones, right, and in going to force them to perform work for them, or, you know, if they're, if they're enemy, they just might, they just might torment them, or whatever case may be, but, you know, I think, I think you're getting, you're getting the picture, though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay? Yeah. Yeah, right, that, how do you say that's in actuality the the disturbance of someone's tomb or not giving them a proper burial 
exposing them to the elements or you taking their bones and, and enslaving them by binding them to enslave their ka is actually a punishment that is exacted upon criminals. And it's still done so today in, um, in you know, West African traditions and, and also in ha- Haitian voodoo. Okay, when you hear people talk about zombie, right, and you know what a zombie actually is, a real zombie is actually done as as a punish, you know, or traditionally it was done as a punishment for a crime. The 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 priesthood that did that, right, called Bokor, okay, this this priesthood um, was actual law enforcement. It was an extension of the law enforcement. Okay, so you know. It's um, it's a very very serious serious thing, but um, you know they did not want them, um, you know these people messing with their their shrines, messing with their tombs, and disturbing their offerings and such, you know, and whatnot. Um, and you know, they they were going to deal with them for doing so, right? That's what that that passage that I read. That's what that reflected. Okay. Um. So the, the archaeologists and the researchers of the day that have these bodies on display or in the laboratory, uh, the passage that you just read is what is the, the state of those individuals that actually did that or commissioned that or support that? Okay. Yeah, that's that's a good question. Well, you know, there's there's a few things that, that play into that, right? Um, once again we're talking about we're talking about the car of our ancestors, right? Now, this is this is something that is inscribed on the tomb, right? As a warning. And you, you it's it's one example of many. You see examples of okay, when you walk by a particular statue of an ancestor, they say, leave me some bread and water. If you ignore me, you know, like, you're going to be ignored, etc. and so on. You know, something like that. But, um, you know, something along those lines. But their ability to do so, to do anything, would depend upon the effectiveness of their car. Okay? Um, you know, so... If, if, you know, our ancestors, right, our ancestors... Especially when we're talking about the comedic ancestors, you know. But you know, they they, I say the unearthing the unearthing of their their tombs and you know their bodies, are let's say it's to our benefit, okay, but not necessarily to the benefit of those that did the unearthing. Let's put it that way. It's to our benefit if. We um you know if we vis- in visiting these places we do so in the right in in the right frame of mind we're we're venerating them right we we speak blessings to them and we pull libations to them uh when we visit these places that's why that's why like when we go on this trip we're gonna pull libations like, everywhere we went when we went to Kemet last time everywhere we went we pulled libations to these ancestors you know what I mean we weren't we weren't you know, like the others that were um, taking all kinds of crazy pictures and you know being disrespectful or just pointing and stuff like that. No, once we once we got the name, we said Enet Herek, 
right? Or enet heretz, right? Called the name and poured the water, okay? Kwabihu in kaek, libations for your car, okay? This is, this is, right, this is um, the spirit that we have to approach it in. Now, if the people that or do it, that have done this, if they, you know, in studying or whatever, if they are making offerings, they might be alright. I don't know, right? Uh, they, but you know, you you hear stories about you know what is it, quote unquote, pharaohs cursing and whatnot, right? Back in back in the thirties, and you know this one dying, and you know this team dying and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I guess yeah. intent has uh, a lot to do with it. Two, two, two. You know, it, it it definitely it definitely has a lot to do with it. Um, everything that we do is is about our intentions. But um, yeah, you know, like even even with the tombs, there was a there was a you know a specific part of the tomb that we were supposed to engage the ancestor in, where the, where the the offering table and the kari was at what they call a false door, right? The Kari. Where that was that actually separated in many cases the actual body from where the offerings were made. Okay? So it's like like we never actually engage the the physical body or the corpse after it had been preserved. Okay? So, you know, that's that's a big difference. So yeah, you know, even these folks, you know, they're they're you know, they're doing it in the name of science, in the same in the name of knowledge or whatever the case may be. You know, everything happens for a reason and I think the most of the reason is for us, right? I think most of it is for us. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Teal. Excellent question uh, though. Uh wow. Uh, one other uh one other question that I had and that was regarding the Netsuru's responsibility to us. Two. Okay. If you too. I don't know if that's coming in, in the next segment or you could touch on that right now. Yeah, well we, we can definitely go into it now. Um you know, every every single one of these forces has a function, right? A function that they're supposed to, you know, fulfill, right? So, for instance, like, real simple, when we talk about um, joy, for instance, right? Joy and happiness. Like, people think joy and happiness is something that, um, you know, something that, you know, you... It's 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 something that really doesn't exist. Or, or it's, it's in, you know, it's like it's imaginary, or it's an abstract principle, right? Or it's relative, okay? But in actuality, there is a force in nature that is responsible for that emotion, okay? And you know that force for our ancestors, you know, one of the one of the you know most important was Hetero. But you had others like like Bisu or Bess, and um, also. Um, Bastet, okay, um, that that dealt with you know dealt with joy and and pleasure and things of that nature, okay. But um, this is the force. There's a force that's responsible for it. And you know, if we you know, if we 
want that experience, right? They are responsible for giving that experience. That's their function, okay? Um, even with the fertility and the forces that are responsible for fertility, whether we're talking about the fertility of a man, fertility of a woman, they're responsible for that, right? It is set and heteru. Um, that is the reason why, um, you know, we can have, you know, let's say women can conceive and bear children, okay? It's heteru. That is the reason why a man and a woman are drawn together and engage in the activities that produces life, okay? Sexual intercourse, right? That's heteru. That's the force that brings us together. Um, it is, it is, you know, men or heru behudet, right? Depending on where you, you know, what what uh, locale we're dealing with, we're still dealing with the similar force um, that is responsible for the virility and fertility of a man. Okay, so. Um, these are the functions that these forces play. They're responsible for giving us those experiences and maintaining, right, the quality of those experiences. That's what they're, that's what they're, they're supposed to do, right? Our responsibility uh, to them is to continue to give them the things that they need in order to do the things that they do for us, right, to, to give us the things that we need. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes yeah, sense. You. 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 All right. I say we we good to go. Good to go. All right. Dwau, head to pool. I'll be back. Head to you. You. All right. Head to pool. Equanif. Hotel pool, hotel pool. All right, two, two. What's man, in the word? Man, you kind of like read my mind because I was uh, debating on whether or not I was going to ask you a question about uh, the zombie thing. Okay. And you kind of, you know, came out. Uh, but I, I was, I was going to use that as it relates to, you know, a lot of some some people performing the certain magic. Mm-hmm. For performing certain things in the now, mm-hmm. um, as it even relates to uh, what you were saying about everything in existence needing food or nourishment and also energy, right? Um, and how we have some people or a lot of people, uh, like it's massively done, but they're not eating right. They're right. not actually putting back the good things into their uh, spirit. But then um, also when we look at delight or when we look at happiness and joy as being, you know, the main purpose of life, people, some of those same people that are doing that and basically uh, we'll say being Uncle Tom's turning the other cheek on the ancestor, they mm. still are being able to attain this happiness in life or, you know, this progression that we see or even when we when we talking about being um there are some people that are doing bad juju. Um and as that relates to us doing what we're doing or those minimal people that are doing the devoted work uh to I guess liberate uh what we are liberating. Mm. 
how how could we say um that time where those scales would be balanced where I guess the ones that are oppressed would be kind of looking at you know would, would that kind of be like a clock even as we as it, as it relates to doing what we have to do and um you know the forward progression of everything true I say good question. Um, well, yeah, you know, everything, everything in this realm is time conditioned, okay? I, you know, it took time for you and I to wake up, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Or, or to even, to even begin to wake up, and even after beginning to wake up, it took time for us to get to the point where we're at now, where we're, we're making offerings to our ancestors, right? We're talking about the stuff that we're talking about, and we're doing the things that we're doing. Um, prior to that, Ask the question, when was the last time that your ancestors ate? Right? We got to ask, when was the last time that my ancestors ate? You know, um, you know, when was the last time that someone, you know, erected a shrine to my personal ancestors? You know, like these are, these are questions that we got to ask. And, you know, um, over time, right, you know, we got to say, okay, what condition were or the karu of our ancestors in? Right? We got to feed those ancestors, right? We got to feed them, got to feed them. So, you know, erecting the shrine, a shrine is something that becomes very powerful over time. Just like we grow powerful, we grow wise over time. Same thing with, you know, with the shrine and the karu, right? It, it takes the time to, um, to elevate our ancestors, okay? And, you know, in, a, in another light, the ancestors that we are elevating today, they didn't necessarily elevate their ancestors or, you know, didn't know to do ma'at or weren't awake or whatever the case may be. So, you know, that's where our traditions and our rituals come into play because we are literally elevating them, right? It's ancestral elevation, right? We're elevating the ancestors to a position of wisdom and power and enlightenment so that they can continue their journey, do the things that they need to do for themselves and for us, right? So, um, it takes time, right? Um, with that being said, though, you begin to see results immediately. Okay? You begin to see results immediately, right? But um, one of the things that a lot of people um, fail to take into consideration is, you know, this thing we call shai, right? Destiny. Okay? And, you know, shai is time-conditioned. Right? Everything in time, you know, everything in time, nothing before it's time. And, you know, we have a habit of, you know, okay, let's say there's two things. When we perform rituals or we ask for things for our ancestors or we look for our conditions to change, okay, we got to ask ourselves, okay, um, what is the reason for our condition, us being in certain situations beyond uh, the surface reason, like, okay, the the wazungu put me in the situation that I'm in. Okay, yeah, right? Here's a physical manifestation of the reason, right? But what what is behind it, right? Uh, what is the lesson that we're supposed to learn from our current circumstances and predicament, right? And not just as a people, but on a personal level. Um, you know, have I learned the lesson that I'm supposed to learn? Number one. Am I taking into consideration my destiny? Am I take, do I know what my destiny is? Right? Do I know what I'm here on earth to learn this time around? Um, what am I, I say, um, you know, also, 
Have I performed divination on the things that I'm asking for to even to even know whether or not I can have it at this particular point in time, right? Um, you know, because sometimes we can want things out of season, right? Okay. So sow seeds out of season. So you know that's something that uh, that needs to be um, taken into consideration when when getting into the science. Otherwise, you know, you 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 end up coming into the the fallacious, um, you know, idea that, okay, this stuff ain't working or it don't work, right? But in actuality, you know, we're just getting started. You know, you just, you know, just now started feeding these forces. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's just a minority of us that are doing so. Now, with that being said, when when those individuals that are of the minority actually get together and begin, let's say, form a community, and you know now you got a community of ancestors, you got you got um, you know pacts and and oaths and and bonds, right? Between you know binding um, families and whatnot and bloodlines. Okay, now you're talking about taking it to the next level, and you really begin to see, um, you know, see the juju happen, right? You really begin to see the, the, the shechem of the ancestors at work and, uh, you know, shechem of the science at work. But, you know, on an individual level, yeah, you, you, you'll begin to see it, right? It just, you know, you got to know what it is that you want. You got to know what time it is, okay? And you got to know which forces are the forces that you need to work with in order to get it done. Two. Two. All right. Okay. So, brother, um, uh, uh, another question. As Two. it relates, as, as it relates to, um, like the excess or whatever you might have put on the shrine that you want to rid, that you or that you're getting rid of. I think you you might have um, covered it, but like if you were offering money or offering different items or whatever it be. Where would uh, if your shrine was kind of inside? Where would you uh, you know put those those items? Okay, well I say if it's if it's money, like if you like if you put money on your shrine, um, unless you need it, I would let it pile up. Like I just let, I just let that pile up unless you're just absolutely running out of room, right? But um, even with that, you know shrines, you know shrines are something that that can grow, so. You know, you find a, you find a, or designate a sacred space um, to keep certain things for the tear. I wouldn't, I wouldn't discard of things like that, right? Um, you know, you save them in a designated space, a dedicated space for that tear until you're able to increase the, the, you know, the increase the size of the shrine. Right. So whether that's you know moving into a bigger space or you know. Uh, the shrine growing into a temple or what have you, right? Eventually, you know, like nothing's nothing's ever really thrown away outside of the uh, you know the food that is offered. To you, to you. Okay, like even even the ashes that are are um, from you know from the you know the ashes from the you know the incense and the things that are burned on the shrine, right? Even those ashes can be used to, um, you know, you know, to actually make ink. Okay, to to use for ritual purposes. 
to you. Okay. To you. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Everything is like recyclable and reusable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like um, like those types of things, right? You you want to keep. Only thing you throw away are are the food offerings. So you know, like get get a you know get a box or you know something that you can put it in and you know make sure that it you keep it in a in a good space. Uh, maybe you know close to the shrine, right? Uh, where you know extras are are placed. But yeah, yeah, you don't you don't want to throw anything like that away. Deal. Okay. All right. I say excellent question. Deal. Wow. Thank you, brother. All right. That's a good word, brother. Hotel. Hotel. Two. Okay. Um, guest number seven has a question. The question is, did it take time to go to sleep? When do we see some bona fide liberation? <laughs> well, like I say when you when you look at our history, you know you look at our history. It absolutely did take some time to go to sleep. Um, you actually see a um, a gradual falling asleep process, right? Um, you know, from us being at a at a height of wakefulness, a height of um, enlightenment and civilization to, you know, gradually, um, you know, uh, going off course or whatever the case may be. So, you know, there's no way, um, I say, I am not of the, you know, the, um, perspective, nor is it, you know, really the case of, of any African tradition or, you know, um, that, you know, you, you, you point the finger solely, right? Everything that happens has a, a, you know, a reason behind it, okay? It has a spiritual significance behind it. And, you know, in in doing uh, ma'at, you receive ma'at. In, in going off course, you know, you begin to see what happens. So, you know, we can we can definitely, you know, go back and, and look at certain things that were going on, how corruption slowly crept in, and we begin to gradually fall asleep, even though in some cases we still were practicing um, African traditions in some form. To this very day, there are there are people that never stop practicing the African traditions, but because corruption has crept into the heart, um, you know they utilize the science to get over on their brother and their sister, or you know to you know to do juju on this one or do juju on on that one, right? Um, they charge. You know, crazy amount of money to give someone a bogus initiation like thieves. Or they use, you know, you got Baba Laos, you know, that, um, you know, and not just to single out a particular tradition, but you got people that are considered high priests in certain traditions that do the same thing that certain priests and preachers do. Utilizing their position, saying, okay, the spirits told me that if you want to get better, you got to let me have sex with you. Okay, this is, I say, this is, um, you know, this is an example of corruption that has crept into the heart. You can't blame nobody for that. <laughs> right? So we fall asleep even if we still practice our tradition and got certain information. There's many people that are, that are literally the walking dead in their ancestral tradition, but they're not practicing it uh, with the, you know, in my art, right? 
So, um, you know, in that in that particular instance, yeah, it's going to take some time, just like it took time for us, um, you know, to wake up. It's going to take some time, you know, for our people to wake up. We're going to see bona fide liberation when we liberate ourselves. Right? You, you know, we're going to see bona fide liberation when we liberate ourselves from the vices that still have hold on our mind. Like, you know, I had a conversation with the with the brother uh, the other day, right, that called from Nigeria. And, you know, I, I told him, like, yo, our people, um, you know, worldwide, worldwide, right, are... You know, even though we're quote-unquote physically free from slavery and colonialization, you know, we're still spiritually and, and mentally colonized. Right? We're, still, we're still spiritually and mentally colonized. And, um, you know, until, um, you know, that is healed, right, until we are healed and until we correct ourselves, you know, our, our experience is going to continue to reflect our experience. Okay. I understand, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely, definitely, right? But this is the this is the importance of this particular show, right? Because our experience creates our experience, and from the kinetic perspective, everything that happens in the world is 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 ultimately born from the duad. It's born from the spirit realm. There is a there is a passage. In what's called um, traversing the duat, M duat, right? The M duat text, okay, in which it's uh, it speaks to Ra, you know, as he journeys through the duat, he makes the decrees of the things that are supposed to spring up or happen in the world, okay? Um, it's decreed in the duat, and when Ra rises as Kepri, this represents the becoming or the emergence of all things, the emergence of the moment, the emergence of our thoughts, our feelings, our actions, the emergence of the events that we encounter. Every single thing in life, when, when Ra comes forth from the, from the spirit realm, right, that represents the things that happen, right, events in the moment. And, um, you know, however Ra comes forth, Okay, it depends on what's in the spirit, right? What's going on? What's been decreed in the spirit, right? What's been decreed depends upon the laws that are governing our spirit, the laws that are in operation and in play on our mind, in our minds, right? So, you know, this is um, this is a a circle and a cycle of cause and effect, and we have to definitely, definitely root out the cause of our current condition. And make the correction there internally, right? So that our external circumstances can begin to reflect that. Okay? Excellent question, though. Excellent, excellent question. All right. Those of you that are just tuning in, this is your brother, Unc Benu. You're listening to Cool Kim Radio, and we're dealing with the subject, the importance of ancestral veneration and the consequences of ancestral neglect. Okay? Now... We uh we read a little bit right about um you know what were some of the consequences of you know neglecting the ancestors or you know disrespecting them dis disregarding or desecrating their shrines right um you saw a a theme though right there was a big theme and it dealt with fertility right fertility 
deals with the the sustenance of life, right? The the con- the continuity of life. That's what fertility is about. Um, and neglecting the the shrine of one's ancestors, right? The ancestors said that okay, you won't have any children to do the same for you, right? To do for you, to pull libations for you, to to keep your shrine, right? It's a fertility thing. Why is that? Why is that? Okay? Why is there a connection between ancestral veneration and fertility or children? Okay? The reason for this is because in the African worldview, all children are ancestors returned. Right? In our perspective, what we call Wahim Unk, repeating life, okay? The ancestors reincarnate through their ancestral line, right? Their bloodline. So, you know, when we make our transition, okay, from this realm, we become an ancestor. And when we return to the world, right? We return from the spirit realm as a newborn child. Okay? And this is the circle. In the comedic tradition, this is symbolized in the in the Osarian tradition. Okay? The trinity of Osir, Oset, and Heru. Okay, the trinity of Osir, Oset, and Heru. And Osir corresponds to and represents the ancestors, okay? Regardless of whether they're male or female, right? Osir represents the ancestors. And this is why when you read Pert M. Heru, right, the Pert M. Heru, regardless of whether it's, um, you know, um, for a woman, right, such as Nefertari, or for a man, you see them referred to as the Osir. When we visit the temple of Seti I in Abydos, and we look at the Imirin F, right, the list of names of the kings, the Nisupiti of Kemet, okay, you're going to see with each one of their names the title Osir, right, the Osir Normer, the Osir so-and-so, right, the Osir Joser, right, you're going to see the Osir before each one of their names, right, this is letting us know that they are an ancestor, okay? Traditionally, Osir represented the deceased Nisu, right? The deceased Nisu, okay? Or the deceased Heru. That's an important thing. The living Nisupiti is the personification of Heru. And the throne that he sat upon was the lap of his mother, Oset. Right? Oset, whose name literally means throne. And you see the throne upon her head, letting you know that she's Oset. The, the inheritance of the throne was matrilineal, which lets us know that it is, that it is in, in African tradition. Right? Because to this very day, the kingship, the divine kingship that survives in Africa, okay, 
is a matrilineal system. Inheritance, in many tradi- in many cases, is through the maternal line. Okay, so offset as the throne also represents the lineage, right? The ancestral line connecting Heru as a living descendant to Osir, the ancestor, right? That's the that's the significance of the Osirian tradition. Osir, Osir, and Heru. Osir is the ancestor. Oset is the lineage, and Heru is the living descendant, okay? And this, I say, this circle, right, represents, right, that circle of life, that circle of repeating life, right? Um, When Heru dies, so to speak, quote-unquote, he becomes Oser, right? And, you know, ideally... He is elevated to the throne in the Duat. Okay? And Osir, right, he'll continue his journey ultimately through the Duat to emerge, right, from the Duat as Kepri or Heru Pakrad, Heru the child, which represents the birth of Heru, the new the, the newborn, right? Or the ancestor returned from the womb of Oset, from the ancestral line. Through the ancestral line. Okay? The duat is is also, I say, especially the, the doorway of the duat duat, right? The the doorway of the duat in which things come into the world is analogous to the womb. And this is why it said that Ra is born from the womb of Newt Delhi. Okay? But Oser, Oset, and Heru represent this circle, this ancestral line. And the practice of ancestral veneration. Right? When we look at the tradition, right, and what happened to Oser, he was killed by Sutesh. And, you know, he did not um, or for a minute after his death, you know, they were unable to perform the um, the practices, uh, you know, the funerary rites. His pop, they were unable to give him a proper burial because his body had floated up to Palestine, right, to, to Biblos. And, you know, even after going to retrieve the body, his body, you know, being brought back to Kemet by Osset, it was found by Sutesh and then dismembered and scattered around the, you know, around the land. Okay, so for a while, they were unable to perform the proper ritual and burial rites. Okay? Also, why were they unable to perform this? Because it was the custom of the Kemetic people for the living descendants, okay, and in the case of royalty, the eldest son was to serve as the Ka priest, okay, to keep the shrine of his predecessor, to keep the shrine of his ancestor. So prior to, um, I say, uh, upon Osir's death, he did not have an heir that was able to perform the, uh, you know, the ritual on his behalf. 
So this is why Osset, in remembering him, she has to conceive a child, Heru, through which this child can be born and then reclaim his father's throne, perform the necessary rituals on his father's behalf to elevate his father to the position of power in the Duat. Okay? To a position of power in the Duat. So Heru's job was to perform the opening of the mouth ceremony on behalf of his father. Okay? The burial rite. He and Anpu. And in some cases, Anpu is a form of Heru when it pertains to this. Okay? Performing the proper rituals to make sure that the ancestor has what it, what it needs. Right? And the opening of the mouth activates the ancestral spirit. Awakens it. Right? And puts it into a condition where it can have sovereignty over itself in the spirit realm. And able to remember who it is, what it knows, what it's capable of, and be effective and in a position to receive offerings. Okay? This is the opening of the mouth ceremony, right? The purpose for it. Okay? Making of the ancestral spirit, so to speak. And, you know, Heru's job was to perform this on behalf of Osir. So, you know, once Heru is born and he grows, he's able to do these things on behalf of his father, right? His ancestor. Next, he must go to war with Sutes, right? To reclaim his father's throne, right? But before he does so, okay, Osir gives him the um, decree, right? Osir commands him to go into war with Sutes. To do battle with Sutes. Right? It's a very important, very important part of the story here. Okay? If you recall earlier, we mentioned three parts of us that survive. Right? Beyond. Okay? The, the death of the physical body. And this is the Ba, the Ka, and the Rin. Okay? Now the Ba, right? The Ba is a body that um you know we said was you know our our consciousness or the nature within that incarnates through the inner ancestral spirit and communicates to us as our conscience. The war between Heru and Sutes on an internal scale, right, represents the battle between good and evil or Order and disorder, right? Ma'at and Isfet within us. Our so-called higher and lower self. Okay? That's what the battle between Heru and Sutes represents. Okay? But if Osir does not decree for us to go into war with Sutes, then Sutes continues to sit on the throne. What does that mean? That means that we do not have a moral compass to let us know when we are off course and when we should be struggling or battling with the ideas of doing unrighteousness. We have no conscience. Okay? No conscience to guide us. No conscience to make us feel guilt when we're off course. Right? No conscience to serve as, a, as an oracle for us. Right? That's, that's 
that's a very important point right there. This is so important, right? That you know, in you know, I was um, blessed to hear from the the brother Rod Mary on the subject, where um, you know, when we're talking about this this the importance of ancestral veneration and the consequences of ancestral neglect, neglect. You know, when someone is found to be unprotected and it seems as though they have no they have no conscience or they have no guide, right? No morals. That person is said to have no ancestors. What does that mean? What does it mean they don't have any ancestors? Right? You know, we can see that they're physically here, right? They're physically here, so they, they have to have ancestors, right? So what does it mean that they don't have any ancestors, right? In understanding the nature of the Ba in relationship to the ancestors and the role that it plays within us as a moral compass and a guide, right? As our conscience, right? Being us to go into war with our, with our negative aspect, with our lower side, right? Without the bar being awakened, right? Without the bar being alive, without Osir sitting on the throne within our spirits, if without the mouth of Osir being open, he is unable to speak to us and command us to go into war with Sutes. He's unable to guide us and serve as a compass. Okay? That's the importance of this. Without Osir sitting on the throne, we have no conscience. We have no moral guide. So we go through life aimless, conscienceless. And you see a lot of freak, freaky stuff happening to these people. Freak accidents, right? Doing crazy things, right? Worst of luck is because that their ancestors are neglected. They're not elevated, okay? So, Heru must perform the rituals on behalf of his father, right? So that he can have everything in order within himself to go to war with Sutesh and to reclaim his father's throne and take his rightful place in his father's seat. Right? That goes back to that question that was asked earlier. When do we see some bona fide liberation? When do we as Heru overturn, defeat Sutesh, our oppressors? Huh? <laughs> We're talking about developing a cosmological mind for African liberation here. Right? As a people, globally, we don't even know that we're at war on a whole scale. We don't even see our oppressors as oppressors. And if we do, in certain glimpses, in certain moments, right, we get excited, we pick it, we march, etc., so on, but we don't go to war with them. Right? 
of us turn the other cheek, etc. So on. Like, what is it that's going on within us? Right? It's because the Ba, the Ba is still asleep. The ancestors are neglected. That moral compass. Right? It's many with false sense of morals. Right? False sense of morals. But your ancestors. Right, being rooted in your ancestral spirit, your ancestral traditions, right? It's where we get our moral compass and guide from. Okay? And once Osir, once the Ba, once the ancestors are elevated in the spirit realm, in our spirits, right? Then we'll see, right? We'll have the guidance and everything that we need in order to know how to go forward and defeat this beast, right? Over, overturn Sutes, right? Defeat him. Okay? So, that's a very important thing to understand, right? What else? Right? I gave the example of the way it is viewed in, in, the, in the Zulu tradition, amongst the Swazi, right? A person has no ancestors when you see them this way, right? Aimless, you know, without a conscience, no morals, right? Worst of luck, constantly. You know, into freakish accidents and things of that nature. No protection. Going back to the point, everything that comes into the world ultimately emerges from the duats, right? How Ra manifests from the duats, right? Right? It, it's it's decreed in the spirit realm. Okay. Yet. When we look at the, the text, Ra has to pass through Osir, right? Ra's heart is weighed, okay? He has to pass through Osir before he can continue to go forward. And if he's found to be Ma'akuru, right? Found to be righteous, he'll unite with Osir. And, you know... They unite in the egg of Oset. And they continue their journey to emerge from the Duat. Okay? Now, that's important because nothing, nothing leaves the Duat without going through Oser, who represents the ancestors. Once again, nothing leaves the Duat without going through Oser first. And then Anpu. Okay? Because Anpu is the gatekeeper of the Duat. Right? Nothing goes through from the Duat without going through them. However, Osir can only check, right? Whatever's trying to pass through if he's awake, if he's elevated, if he's on the throne. If he's not in the position of power, then he's not there to stop things that don't need to go through, that shouldn't get through, things that are harmful. He's not there to stop them from passing through because he's still in his coffin. He's still a corpse. Right? He's still asleep. Okay? 
So our ancestors are also a protection for us. Right? They're a protection for us. They are they're our first line of defense. Okay? If they're awake, if they're elevated, if they're well fed. Without them, right, the consequences can be dire. Okay? The, we also see, right, and we've touched on this in previous shows, the three sons of Osir, right? Babi, Anpu, and Heru, right? And, you know, if the practice of ancestral veneration is kept up and the shrine is kept, the lineage is unbroken, right? And the, and the tradition is maintained. Then Heru always becomes Osir and Osir always comes back as Heru, right? That's the circle. If the circle is broken, then we see Babi come through. And Babi represents that young soul, so to speak, primitive, animalistic, you know, preoccupied with sex and violence, savage, coming through. So when our ancestors make the statement that if you neglect the shrine, you desecrate the shrine, right? Whatever the case may be, you won't have children to pour water for you, to pour libations for you. That doesn't necessarily mean that you won't have children, right? It just means that you won't have children that will honor you. You won't have children that will respect you. You won't have children that will, that will hold you in high regard and will pour libations on your behalf, make offerings, and keep your shrine. You won't have children that will keep the tradition going. Right? You won't have children that will bring you honor. You have children that will oppress you. You have children that will shame you. Okay? That's what we see. Okay? That's what's going on. That's how important ancestral veneration is. Okay? So we got to get our protection tight. And it begins with elevating and venerating our ancestors. This, this tradition is so important, right? That, you know, the entire... Ritual motif of the Osirian tradition, the opening of the mouth and everything, runs throughout the entire Kemetic tradition, even in the terms of the temple rituals to the Netaru, right? In regards to the temple ritual of the Netaru, you see the elements from the opening of the mouth. You see the offering of the eye of Heru, right? You see the, uh, you know... The, you know, symbols of the mummification and the anointing of the body and all of these things in the temple ritual. Okay? So that's how important it is to the point where the entire tradition 
can be, you know, classified as ancestral veneration. Right? The Neturu are just our spiritual ancestors. Okay? Before we physically manifest it. Right? Still in our lineage. Right? Part of our lineage. So, that's, that's an important point to understand. But this, how you say, ancestral veneration was so important that, you know, everybody in Kemet was expected to practice ancestral veneration. Not everybody venerated the Netaru or had access to the shrines of the Netaru, right? But everybody was expected to keep the shrines of their ancestors. You were responsible to the shrine of your predecessors, the shrine of your mother and your father. Okay? That's your responsibility as a responsible member of the community. Okay? And by making sure that the ancestors have what they need, okay, it maintained ma'at in the world. It maintained ma'at in the family and in the society and in the bloodline. Okay? Harmony and success and fertility, these things came as a result of taking care of the spirit realm. Okay? Protection, right? Receiving guidance and assistance. Okay? All a part of it. But the neglect brought the opposite. The neglect of the ancestors brought disease, brought plague and pestilence. The neglect of the ancestors brought infertility and poverty. Okay? The neglect of the ancestors brought war. Right? And it lowered the defenses where, you know, people can come in and oppress you. Right? The seven, the story of, of Kunum and the seven-year famine teaches us this. The result of reg- neglecting the ancestors. Right? Kimmon went through seven years of famine according to the story. Things very, very bad. And they found out that it was because they neglected the shrine of their ancestors. They literally forgot where they came from according to the story. They had to retrace their origins. They had to go back and find their ancestral shrine. And they found it in shambles. Right? And they had to elevate the shrine and restore the shrine and perform the rituals and the offerings and the sacrifices. And when they did that, Kuru made a pact with them that I'm going to return Turn life, prosperity, and health to Kemet and to the people. Okay? That's how important this is. Right? That's how important ancestral veneration is, right? Now, before we go into examples from other traditions, I'm going to open up the lines, right? See if we can get the fam to tune in or, or to chime in. Those of you that are just tuning in, this is your brother Unc Benu. You're listening to Cool Kim Radio. We're dealing with the subject, the importance of ancestral veneration and the consequences of ancestral neglect. You have something that you'd like to say or add, comment or question, by all means, feel free to do so. We'd love to hear from you. And if by chance you have something that you'd like to say or add but you don't necessarily want to call in, feel free to leave that comment or question in the Talk to Live chat room. And we'll get to it. ASAP, family. Okay. That's a pool, Marina Turk. 
That's home. All right, to you. Um, I didn't have any any questions right now. I guess more more of a comment. Um, okay. The in relaying the um the story and talking about the the uh union taking place in the age, uh I don't know, it kinda it landed on my ears different and and I thought uh it was interesting that it's it's almost like it's um instilling this idea in the participant that uh, it's a generational process, mm-hmm. not something that that uh, that um, you know happens all in one lifetime or what have you. Like it's, it's something that's continued um, from ancestor to child, and from child to their the child becomes the ancestor to their children. So um, it's interesting. It was. It was Deep, a lot of different mm. layers. Two, two, two. It's a very, very, very deep, uh, rich tradition. Very rich tradition. You know, when we look at that, right? Ra and Osir in the midpoint of the duat, they unite in the egg of, in a in an egg that has the head of Oset. Okay, and you know, Ra represents life. Osir represents the ancestor, and the the life uniting with the ancestor in the egg represents the the return of this ancestor because after that they go forward to emerge from the duat or to to be born into the world so that's what that's that's what that's rep- representing it's a very 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 beautiful tradition thank you all right excellent question dua well yeah I, I don't know if I'll be back but uh <laughs> yeah 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 Okay. Hetapu, Dennis, you on the air. What's up? Tio Hey, I got a question, man. Um, um is there like major major consequences um <clears throat> as a result of of uh um kinda like doing rituals on the wrong day? Hmm. Okay, yeah, I say, you know, there there are, um, well, let's put it this way. There are certain days that are designated for the Netaru, okay? Um, there are certain days, just in general, that um, depending on what you're trying to do can be auspicious or inauspicious, right? But um, as far as ancestral veneration goes, it's a daily thing, right? So, you know, you want you want to, you know, make offerings to your ancestors, you know, every day. Um, you know, in Hinesu, you know, if you're if you're let's say if you're at home all day and you eat three times a day, you should feed your ancestors three times a day. Right? A little bit of what, what it is that you're having. Okay, right. so you know you got a plate, you fix them a little plate or whatever it is that, that you have. That's a daily thing, right? Um, you know, now there are other days that are special. 
like festivals, um, such as the Sukari Festival. Think you know you and I we talked about it, you know that that we're going to be doing in December this year, okay? Wow. Um, you know where that's an that's an ancestral festival. Another one is called Wagi, which takes place in in August, you know around August September. Uh, this year, the Wagi Festival is an Osarian festival, which is an ancestral festival where, okay, you do it bigger than you normally do, right? Um, you know, certain rituals and hymns that are performed and whatnot, um, you know, but, um, you know, definitely it's, you know, the ancestors are taken care of daily. So, you know, other than that, um, there are, there are, Certain, depending on what you're trying to do, there are certain days that wouldn't be, that might be auspicious uh, or maybe inauspicious, but it would depend on what particular force you're working with. Okay. All right? Yeah, that's all Two-two. I got, man. All right. Good question, brother. Appreciate it. All right, no problem. Appreciate you, bro. To you. To you. Heads up. Yeah, brother. All right. Hetapu, Shim Salibet, you're on the air. Hetapu. All right, to you. Um, I had a, a question about the meaning, the significance of not, what said, not being able to find the palace. Okay. Two. Yeah, yeah, that's, what I see. That, no, go ahead. Meaning. The, the the meaning of that and does that have anything to do with the challenges that we have you know currently? Hmm. I see. That's that's a that's a that's a very very excellent question. Um. Yeah. When you when you look at it, right? You know, it's like okay, you you want to, you know, you want to um, you know, continue the tradition. You want to. Um, you know, have you know in continuous tradition we're talking about okay that's symbolized by Heru taking the throne that's symbolized by Heru being born, right? So you know, continuity of life, continuity of the lineage and the tradition and all of that good stuff. So you want to do it, but yo know, the phallus is missing, right? You know you're cut off so to speak, <laughs> and that's a that's that's a hell of a thing. Because when you look at what, you know, what happened with African people, especially in the diaspora, that's exactly what happened to us. Like, when you look at what happened to Osir, right, his, his being placed, in, placed into a, a vessel, so to speak, and thrown into the water and shipped into a foreign land, that's what happened to us, okay? Uh. Being dismembered, right? Um, separated, right, from himself. That's what happened to us, being dismembered or cut off from our land and being, then being divided up from our families, right? Families being broken up and, you know, different peoples being mixed up, right? We were dismembered, okay? Um, that's what happened to us. And we want to make that reconnection, but yes, that peace is missing, right? It's missing, right, that ancestral root. Missing. So, in the story, Osset, you know, she has to conjure up a phallus. According to one story, she conjures up a phallus 
through her own spiritual power, right? See, see, in in one text, um, I want to say it's out of the it's out of Lamentations. What's called the Lamentations of Arset and Nephet, or the Festival Songs of Arset and Nephet, okay? In which um, she says, "I found your essence within me," or "I had your essence within me," and you know, she she um, channeled that, okay. Um, and you know, through channeling it, she conceived Heru, right? And it said that you know, I conceived a man child, though I am a woman, that your name might be glorified in the earth. Mm. Okay, right? That's 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 how the text goes. This is a very beautiful text, right? But um, when we look at that. This represents, um, you know, when you look at, okay, that, that peace being missing, you know, it represents us ultimately discovering that within ourselves, right, and channeling that, right, channeling that, pulling on that, feeding that um, to, to conceive and give birth to the, the light within us, Heru, to conceive the light and to give birth to the light, Heru, the light being born as the liberator. The liberator within being born, and then from the liberator within being born, the liberation can be born in the world. Right? That's what that represents. And, you know, I, I write on it um, a little bit in, in my forthcoming book, but, yeah, the Osirian tradition is very, very prophetic and applicable as it relates to the plight of African people worldwide, especially Africans in the diaspora and the transatlantic slave trade. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Two, two, right? But you know, ultimately, you know, are set um, conjuring the phallus on one hand, or just this, you know, channeling on the essence that she discovered within her. Um, it represents us, you know, recognizing our own inherent divinity and connection to our ancestors that we ultimately have to grab hold to and, and feed and nourish in order for the light to be born within us. All right? Excellent yeah. question. We we good to go. Good to go. All right. Head to pool. Head to pool. All right, that's a poo, Iquanif, you're on the air. That's a poo. Okay. Hotel Poo. Oh, all right, I can hear you now. <laughs> okay. Uh, you too. Hotel Poo, man, that was a wonderful breakdown, man. Wonderful, wonderful breakdown. Um, I think that really brought um, broad and close, close vision our, our current situation. And basically how they say is nothing new under the sun. You know, uh, basically everything is like, a, a, you know, a calculation and a for, formulation, formula, uh, in, in order for us to get back to where we, where we come from. Right. And um, even as it relates to how you just broke that down, uh, and, and talking about how our set basically erected, and how you're talking about venerating, or we're talking about elevating our ancestors, 
And what I learned, uh, that is a very sacrificial process. You know, um, even taking a uh, part away from your food to give to the ancestors in order to make that a real thing. So I can uh, definitely salute the path that that, that we, we as a family are on, you know, in, in, in doing these things. Uh, my question was to the extent of, um, like, even when we're talking about, um, you know, our past ancestors or uh, those that, that have gone on, and when we think about the Ampu process or, you know, when you're speaking about Ampu and her roof, as far as uh, cleaning out, cleaning out, getting out that junk, getting out the crap, uh, getting out the, the, the BS. And yeah. sometimes my mother and I, uh, we kind of talk about, you know, some ancestors or the, those of our people that have passed. It might have had certain ways that wasn't so, 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 so good about them. Mm-hmm. And um, even as we're speaking about them, I think we still make we make it be known that we're not down talking them, but we're definitely, um, I guess, um, lifting up or making sure we see that 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 junk or that garbage in order to clean and rid ourselves in the going forward process. Right. Um, so, you know, even as that related, you know, I, I guess we still bring correct or incorrect my eye into the process as we do this evaluation and, and as we, you know, check ourselves, check our ancestors, check our seeds and these things as it relates to going forward, right? Two, two, two. You know, I say, you know, everything must be placed on the scales. Everything, everyone must be placed on the scales, right? And, you know, when, you know, as it pertains to your ancestors, you know, you made an excellent point. You, you, you weigh both sides. You know, scale the scale got two pans. When you look at the um you, know, you look at the depiction of the Useket in Ma'ati or the Hall of Two Truths, right? Um, you weigh both sides. And, you know, that's the positive and negative. And um, you know, it is our duty to add on to and elevate the positive and and also our duty to uh, you know, to discard the negative or to correct the negative. Okay, uh, where where they need to be corrected, right? So, in the case of our ancestors, that's for that's for them and their existence in the spirit realm, right? The quality of their life in the spirit realm, and it's also for us. Okay, um, you know, recognizing as you say those things, certain elements within ourselves that we might have inherited, and you know, beginning to correct those things within us so that we don't continue it, right? We break the cycle. See you. See you. Okay. So yeah, you know yeah. that's I say that's definitely definitely um, you know what it's about, right? Um, the main thing is you know like you said you want to recognize without um, condemning, right? But mm-hmm. you know be like Anpu and in the process of cleaning up, right? You know be responsible to clean up the you know clean up the ancestors, right? Wash the body of Osir, remove the corruption from the body and. Preserve, you know, preserve the body once it's been purified. Two, two, okay, brother. One more question. One more question. Two. Um, as that relates, as it relates to, I guess, repatriation or, um, you know, taking things back home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as it also relates to bring, raising our ancestors back up. But um, I was seeing something about Mugabe. 
and a statement that he made as it related to, and I just want to see how you felt as a, you know, African priest. Um, he was talking about actually offering certain uh, incentives for Africans and African American African Americans over here, basically to kind of uh, strengthen that bond and make that thing stronger. Would you say that this is the working? Or the answer and our forward progress and making things better. I mean, I say you know the, the ancestors are always at work. This this is one thing like we have to realize, and it's a difficult one, right? Because uh-huh. it's, it's like it's like it's like um, you you never really realize it or know it until you realize it and know it. I mean, that's okay. why you know like this information. You know, like a lot of the, you know, let's say the inherent truth in certain things. It's, you know, it's, you know, it's been around, and you know, like we've had different people come through, but you don't get it until you write. Like a, a seed does not germinate out of season, right? It might take a couple of rotations before it, it finally hits, right? But um, you know, there is an evolutionary force that is at play in the universe. Period. Nothing can escape it, right? That's my art, what we're talking about here. And, you know, every single thing, like, for instance, the story that we just, you know, the cosmology that we just went, dealt with, you know, with the Osirian tradition, and broke down the correlations with that and the transatlantic slave trade. Okay? Now, Osir represents the ancestors, Right? And Osir also represents the seed. Okay? Like the actual seed. Okay? That's why he's also the terror of uh, husbandry. Okay? And fertility. He represents the seed. And he, he represents the seed of the father. Right? So, when we look at his being shipped off, we look at his being dismembered, I want those that are listening, when you get a chance, look up something called seed dispersal. Okay, look up, look up the, you know, look up seed dispersal, look up seed dispersal in relationship to an acorn, right, acorn, right, and then look up seed dispersal, just general seed dispersal, and read it, and read how it parallels what happened to African people. Okay, you, you still there? You, 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 you. Okay, you know, like, like. When we look at this, and we we see, okay, this is interesting. This shows the potency of our cosmologies. Like you said, there's nothing new under the sun. Our cosmologies are like, like a clock, and they let us know where we are at any given moment in space and time, and how to act and move accordingly in order to be in harmony with the time, so that our life can continue to go forward and progress. Okay, so um, you know. With that being said, yeah, you know, to answer your question, yeah, Mugabe, you know, if if that's what he's what he's going to do, um, yes, I can say that the ancestors are behind it. You know, the Netaru is behind it. Shai's behind it, right? It's time yeah. for it. Um, yeah. You know, so um, I say I, I think I saw that particular article that you that you're talking about, but it's it's relatively old. Um, you know, at least at least a few years, right? Um, old, and um, you know, I like to see, you know, um, it progress. 
by you know the word being made bond. You know what I mean? To you, to you, absolutely. Okay, so so yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's 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 things at work. Um, there is a there is a you know that force that ma'at. All we gotta do it's like a it's like a river. It's like water, you know. And there's waves. We just gotta ride the wave and find ourselves, place ourselves into the flow. And, you know, stop trying to put our hands into the current so much and try to control the direction of the flow, right? Because water seeks its own level, and it always takes the path of least resistance. To you. To you. Right? All right, brother. Excellent question. You you got anything else, or we good to go? Men. To you. All right, brother. Appreciate you. Hotel. Hotel. All right, all right, those of you that are just tuning in, this is your brother Unc Benu. You're listening to Cool Kim Radio, dealing with the subject, the importance of ancestral veneration and the consequences of ancestral neglect. Man, whoo, we're about three hours and 16 minutes in, and, um, you know, I think we're going to come back for part two because I want to deal with, you know, this, the principles that we talked about today in other traditions, and I want to, I want to deal with, you know, more than just a few. Traditions. I want to deal with, you know, like for instance, I want to deal with, of course, the African traditions, Yoruba. You know what the Yoruba got to say about it. What the Khan got to say about it, right? What uh, the Fawn got to say about it. What the Zulu got to say about it. I want to want to deal with, um, you know, you know, the Dogon. You know, various African traditions, and I want to also deal with the Asian traditions. You know, what is what what. Do the Chinese in their their folk traditions, right? Um, you know what's called priestly Taoism, right? What do they have to say about ancestral neglect? You know what do how do they say that you know ancestral neglect was responsible for the fall of the Shang Empire? You know, you know let's let's we want to look at we want to look at that kind of stuff, right? Right, ancestral neglect for sixty years. Right? They say the ancestors didn't eat in in China, right? The Shang the Shang um you know, the Shang dynasty. Okay? And um, you know, the Shang dynasty is said to be an African dynasty. Right? It's an African dynasty. Right? That was an African dynasty. And it according to the Shou Yi, right? Or the quote unquote Yi King and the tradition the the Shang fell as a result of neglecting their ancestors. Okay, so we're going to look at that. Also, when we look in at the Japanese tradition of Shintao, right? Shintao, right? Man, whoo! Now, I'm going to share something with you. When you look at priestly Taoism and you look at Shintao, um, especially Shintao, you look at the organization of the tradition, the way that it's practiced, everything about it, it's identical to the comedic tradition, it's identical to voodoo, it's identical to Ifa, okay? Um, you know, you have the same or let's say similar forces that they work with that are at play. As a matter of fact, they call uh, the tradition Shintao or, or Kami, okay? Kami, and Kami... Literally means spirit. Okay? Shintao means way of the spirit. Uh, Kami means 
uh, spirit, or more more accurately, the generated force behind a thing, okay, or the force that is responsible for generating a thing. Um, this term is similar to my daughter's name, which is comedic. Kim, her name is Kim, right? Which is uh, which is the name of the Niter of generative power and fertility. Okay, so it's a very interesting thing. We want to deal with that, right? But um, yeah, you know, we want to deal with you know ancestral veneration, the importance of it in in Shintao. We want to deal with the importance of it in India. Right? In some traditions in India, they hold the veneration of the ancestors to be more important than the worship of quote-unquote God. Right? Ancestral veneration is more important than worshiping God for these people. We want to talk about why they feel that way. <laughs> okay? And, uh, you know, of course, right, we, can, we, we can go into it. We can deal with, um, you know, North African Berber traditions. We can deal with... Um, you know, deal with you know what you call Indo-European traditions. Some of them, right? Look at it. We can deal with um, you know, Native American traditions. I want to demonstrate that ancestral veneration is the universal. Uh, you know, was once the universal practice. Okay, universal spiritual practice, and was you know the principles and understanding. Of this reality was once universally held. That's what we want to deal with. We want to talk about that. Um, see, we got a, we got a question. This is from guest seven. Um, what do the ancestors feel about suicide? <clears throat> Pardon me. A very very good question. Um, you know, there's a text that is that actually speaks to the subject. Um, you know, called the conversation between a man and his ba. Right, the conversation between a man and his ba, right? And um in the in the in the text, there's this guy that has become disenchanted with life and he's actually contemplating suicide or praying for his death. Okay? And his ba um, you know, tries to speak to him, tries to console him, tries to enlighten him, right, tries to get his mind right, um, you know, and you know, point out to him all of the things that he has to be grateful for. But um you know, technically speaking, um to to uh pro, to commit suicide is a violation of Ma'at. Okay, it's a violation of Ma'at. And um it it is a way of cutting one off from their you know, from their ancestors. Okay? So um it's I say it's I guess almost viewed similarly to the way it would be viewed in, um, you know, in some other traditions where they say, okay, um, you know, if you commit suicide, that's, that's an automatic ticket in the hell or whatever the case may be. Well, you know, they don't know what they're talking about on the hell tip, but um, if we're talking about that being, you know, that being a position or a state of being cut off from the divine light or being able to move forward or being cut off from one's ancestors, then... Um, that is, you know, that is, you know, pretty accurate. But um, when you have a situation like that, it's important that somebody is able to perform the work to elevate that spirit because 
that spirit becomes locked into that condition. It's actually the, the condition of their mind, okay, their awareness at that time that led them into uh, committing the act that, that locks them into that experience, okay? It locks them into that experience. And, um, you know, the, I say, the, it's important that someone, they, that someone, you know, uplifts them, okay? Because they can actually become um, earthbound and trapped. Um, you know, trapped, many cases, they can become trapped where they actually committed the act at. Okay. Okay, and um, another part of that question: Can you reincarnate to correct it? That's another good question. Yeah, that's a real good question. Um, I would say yeah, definitely. Um, the ba right while the ka, while while the ka and the kaibit and and all these other parts are still um, you know, still you know, having their experience and their function, um, your ba, okay, can go on and repeat life, right, can go on and re reincarnate. So, um, of course, the journey of the ba is the journey of um, evolution. And, you know, according to the Puritan Heru, we, we descend into the earth to purify ourselves of, of our impurity or, or boot, right, isfet, okay, so, um, like, like, incarnation is a purging process, you know. Um, we're, here to, we're here to clean up, so to speak. So, absolutely, um, you know, one can, one can reincarnate to correct it. But um, still, it would be good to um, also uplift the, uh, uplift and appease the spirit of the person that committed that act. Okay, to bring peace to them because this is what this is the idea that I want everyone to understand. You can actually um have, let's say your your previous car, someone can be keeping the shrine of your previous car, okay, and you are actually present incarnated in the world with, with you know, new car and all of that. Your buy has reincarnated. Or you could actually encounter, engage your previous car, keep the shrine of your previous car, yet you are incarnate into the world. Okay, so um, that that whole understanding of, okay, Heru becomes Osir, and then Osir is born as Heru, and that's a circle, is to let us know that we are our own ancestors, in a way. Okay, so... um. Yeah, right. It's it's kind of like both ends. You you can correct you correct it through reincarnation. That's the work of the ba, and then it's the work of the living descendant or you know the survivor to uplift the the spirit of you know uplift the ka of the one that committed suicide, so that they can continue their journey. Uh, you know, be elevated. That energy can be uh, transmitted or transmuted, right? Channeled towards something positive. Um, but also, depending upon the level of awareness that that person was on, there is the possibility that their ba can become trapped, and they can't continue the journey to reincarnate, and they need to be liberated and uplifted in order to continue the journey to reincarnate. Okay? So, you know, there, there's there's a few factors at play there, you know, a few possibilities at play there, but, um, you know, the answer is, is, is yes. 
Right? Excellent question. All right, all right. Those of you that are just tuning in, this is Uncle New. You're listening to Cool Kim Radio. We're going to come back with a part two, right, of the importance of ancestral veneration and the consequences of ancestral neglect. Um, you know, but after it's all said and done, you know, it should be clear. Like, I want everyone to know and to feel that, yo, if if the masses of black folk begin to venerate their ancestors, yo, you see a revolutionary change overnight. Overnight, if we if we actually did that, right? Um, if if one person begin to venerate their ancestors, right, you're gonna see a revolutionary change in your life, right? Especially if you if you if you take it all away. Don't just do the offerings and you know make make offerings and 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 pour water, right? That's good. But also seek to communicate with them. Open up to receive guidance from them. You're going to see a revolutionary change, right? Um, allow them to give their decree to you. Let you know the plans that they have for their line, right? For, their, for, for the family and whatnot. Yo, you see a revolutionary change in your life, right? So... That's what we, we want to make, you know, want to make it clear, right, the importance of this. And, uh, you know, we're going to be back next week to deal with part two, to deal, you know, to demonstrate this same practice and principles at play in um, various traditions from around the world. And, um, you know, before we get up out of here, okay, um, definitely, definitely, definitely want to thank everyone. And um, if you haven't, Already, check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Heninsu, H-E-N-E-N-S-U. Like the page, subscribe, right? Also, visit our website, Heninsu.com, and sign up, right? Subscribe. Um, right, if you don't know about it, the Cool Kim Kimmet Tour 2015 is going down, um, you know, September 3rd through the 15th, and we're, we're going to be taking... The family to Kemet to pilgrimage our ancestral land, right? Um, we're going to be exploring the Kemetic tradition in its African context. The things that you hear on Cool Kim Radio, the things that you're going to read in my in my in my work, right? Um, the way that our ancestors understood and practiced the tradition, we're going to be dealing with these things in the place where our ancestors actually dealt with them and practiced them. And, um, you know, we're going to also demonstrate the, the, the kinship, the continuity and kinship between Kemet and modern African traditions, including the traditions of the people that we had our departure from the continent from. We're talking about Western African traditions. We're talking about Central African traditions, Southern African traditions. Right? We're going to deal with it. In Kemet. So, if you want to come on this tour, please, please, please join us, right? Uh, we have a payment plan, and, you know, the registration just has to be complete by August the 3rd, right? But you can pay whatever you want. You can pay all at once, or you can pay gradually between now and August the 3rd to register for the tour. For more information, okay, visit the website, Click on the marketplace and you can check out the um you'll check out the the packages and whatnot. We got packages for everybody, including the children. Okay, um, 
So, you know, and we have an incentive plan where we're going to give you, let's say, for the full package, which includes everything, the airfare and all of that, we're going to give you $323 per person that you bring with you or get to go on the tour, right, that you refer to go, and they actually sign up and go. We're going to give you $323, okay, $323 to go. Okay, and that's to go towards your trip. So, you know, if you bring 10 people, you can get your whole trip paid for. If you bring five, have your trip paid for. No matter how many people you bring, we're going to pay you for each person that you bring, and that money can go towards your trip. So, right, definitely, 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 family, we want you with us. Be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout for uh, the tour with my, bro- my brother, Tahir RBG, and myself. Um, that will be dealing with the role of the African woman in the African liberation movement, right? Coming this spring, right? We're going to be dealing with that, so you definitely, definitely, definitely want to stay tuned for that, all right? Um, If you missed last week's show, we were on uh, the YouTube live, Google Hangout, with the brother Asar M. Hotel. You can go to YouTube um, and check out the discussion that we had on the tour to Kimmit, um, on that show, Cool Kim Kimmit Tour 2015, The Importance of an African Pilgrimage was the name of the show. You can check that out. It was a very, very, very good discussion. And um, all of our shows, including today, is archived and recorded and is available for you to download and stream free, with, uh, free of charge. So please, please take advantage of our archives. We got... 90-plus shows, right? This might be show number 100 or something like that. 90-plus shows um, available for you to download for free and dealing with our ancestral traditions, dealing with our issues and how we can elevate out out of the condition that we find ourselves in. Okay, so get over there, right? Get into the archives, share the share the shows, right? Download them, pass them out, do whatever you got to do. Let's get the black light out, okay? Um, also, check out Repat Nation on Facebook, okay? Repat Nation is the situation. That's R-E-P-A-T-N-A-T-I-O-N. Repat Nation, that's short for Repatriation Nation, right? Help us. Help us build our community, lock down the land, and get ourselves out of Sutessa's garden. <laughs> okay? And with that said, family, I want to thank everyone for your time, for your attention, for your energy, for, you know, for all of the comments and the questions, for your presence. I want you to know that you are appreciated. Um, we could not take the show to the level that we take it to if it were not for you. So, you know, you're definitely, definitely appreciated. And, um, you know, we're going to be back next week, right? So I want to will everyone, Nechem Ib. Ahut Ib, right? That is a blissful heart, sweet heart, and a heart that swells with gladness, okay? Throughout the remainder of your day and your week, and we're going to be back here next time with more Cool Kim. So, till next time, family, Synepti, be well. Head to pool. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.